0: This is Review and Preview, on the wave, the sound of
1: LIU.
2: Good
1: evening and welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside James Montefusco, engineering tonight. Fonz DeFalco is here. And welcome back, Kyle Russo.
3: I had to take a little three-month vacation. I apologize, but it was well good. worth
1: it because I'm rested and now ready to go. A 77-day sabbatical. Yeah.
3: Extended
4: vacation
1: That's
3: right. right. Extended, extended vacation, yes. Fon's,
1: your first show was Russo's last. Yeah. Wow. So this is just your second show together. Yeah. yeah. Let's, yeah. let's see how, well, see first, how it works. Uh, build so a little yeah.
3: chemistry right now, Fonz. Exactly. <laughs> uh,
1: a new month. September is here. September 6th. A new month means... New dawn, it is football season NFL. The first game was last night, of course, the Green Bay Packers defeated the Chicago Bears 10 to 3. And we will get to football later on tonight, but great to have football back. A quick reminder, you can listen to our show tonight on the wave, that is the new sound of LIU at liuwave.org. You can subscribe to our podcast and listen to the previous week's show. And older shows at anchor.fm slash review and preview. If you want to call in with your questions, thoughts, comments, you can take part in our live show tonight by calling in at 516 299 2030 Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Also, a quick um, update about our technology here in the studio. Facebook Live is not working right now. Neither is our Wi-Fi. So we are doing the best we can to get the live updates for you here tonight. And we will let you know immediately once Facebook Live uh, commences. So let's get to the New York Mets. I know for you, uh, the last time, Russo, we were talking about the Mets. They were not in a good place. They were below 500. Now the Mets sit here the first Friday of September at 71 and 68 that is 3 games above 500. However, they are 15 games back of first. They are 5 games back of the wild card. And safe to say guys, this was a rather rocky week. One step forward, two steps
4: two steps back fons, to say the least. I I agree with you on that one. Very uh, up and down week. I mean pretty accurate. The whole season, actually.
1: <laughs> James, let's talk about the weekend series against Philadelphia. That set the stage for this rocky week, I shall say. I know you were blowing me up this week saying, "Do we got to talk about the Mets tonight?" yeah Guess what? <laughs> we do We got to talk about the Mets tonight. Yeah, I do. Kyle wanna... Russo, just sit pretty.
0: I just want to make a quick comment. I'm good comment. at
1: that. I'm very good. <laughs> yeah When
0: Russo wasn't here, Mets were excelling. Russo's back. They're not doing so
1: well. It's a bad omen, man. Russo, you want to go so, back to Florida? So where
3: do you rank that Tuesday loss, all-time Mets losses? Where do you rank that as historically?
1: Oh, God. That was my first full night with my new housemates, and I got a piece of that. What a good
3: way to christen the house. <laughs> <laughs> a good way to christen it. <laughs> Phillies.
1: Yes. This past weekend, the Mets won Friday night 11-5. to It was Zach Wheeler on the mound against Aaron Nola. This was the good version of Zach Wheeler. Six innings, just one run, seven hits. Justin Wilson, one of the most consistent, only one of like the most only consistent, maybe the only one. The that's only been one. Consistent the only one. This the only year. one. Well, yeah. him and Seth Lugo has been the, for the most part. Uh, this game was highlighted by the Todd Father, yeah. two home runs, six RBIs. So just for men, keeps rolling. Uh, Michael Conforto with a home run as well. And then Nola on the mound. He was good. He was good, but the damage came later on in the game where the match just went off. Uh, now, I forget what happened, but we were getting live updates towards the end of our show that the match just kept pouring on runs.
3: Yeah.
0: I think that Frazier, if, if, if my uh, memory stands correct, I think Frazier hit. A home run in the f- sixth, and then in the eighth again, mm-hmm. and then Conforto
1: was in the eighth. There's a lot of home runs hit late game. Well, here's what happened: it was a one-one game heading into the eighth inning. The final score was eleven to five. The Mets scored five runs in the eighth and five runs in the ninth. Okay. Uh, as far as Todd Frazier is concerned, he hit a home run in the eighth and then one again in the ninth. Both were three-run dingers. And Friday night, yes, we know Joe Panic was hitting fifth, but he was very successful as well. This was a lineup that frightened me. It didn't look good because, you know, Panic, fifth. Rene Rivera, eighth. A guy who has not gotten a hit all season, being forced to be called up, and these guys cashed in. Panic went two for four with a walk. Todd Frazier, six RBIs on the night. It, sh- it was just a fantastic outing, and it was great to see. Heading over into Saturday, the Mets win again. Mats looked sharp; he got the win. Seth Lugo shuts the door. Frazier and Panic again—an outstanding series. Who would know about Frazier getting eight RBIs in a pair of games?
0: Not many people. I don't think anybody else at us yeah. at this
1: table last week no. would figure that. And the best part was the Mets beat Vargas on Saturday. Vargas lasted just four innings, five (laughs) runs, and nine hits. That made that win a lot better. And then Bryce Harper hit a lollipop at some point. Who cares? Congratulations.
0: (laughs) Whatever. Good for him. However,
1: Philadelphia salvages the series with a 5-2 win on Sunday. Zach Eflin on the mound trying to return to form that he was in earlier this season. Scott Kingery is good. Good young talent. He was hurt the first half of the season and he's really helping Philadelphia make a wild card push because right now the teams in the wild card spots are the Nats and the Cubs but Philadelphia is the next team up so if something were to happen Philadelphia would slide in as one of the final wild card slots and again this was a game Stroman still does not look comfortable as a Met Uh, Philadelphia scored three runs in the bottom of the eighth inning and, you know, Alonzo hits a home run, that's all great. But all these stats, Alonzo breaking all these records, he, he leads the league in home runs, but to no avail. This team is far from playoff contention right now.
2: Yeah.
0: Hey, it, it's, it's tough because you have such an amazing rookie in Alonzo that he's putting on a show almost every night, putting up these numbers, and at the end of the season, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The only thing that will matter if he wins Rookie of the Year MVP, an
3: individual, t- an individual, an individual win rather than a team win yeah. overall. Yeah,
1: I think Alonso's batting average needs to be a little higher before he's considered for MVP. But he's definitely mm-hmm. in the discussion because of the impact that he's made. But I yeah. think Rookie of the Year is a more reasonable, reasonable yeah. oh, yeah. accomplishment for, now, for yeah. p- Pistol Pete. Um, but yeah, Kyle, what's killing the Mets? And you, you know what it is. It's these two to one losses when the Grom is on the mound and the Grom gets the only RBI for the team. <laughs> he provides the source of offense for some and reason. That's what happened last week.
3: For some reason, when he decides to when they have him pitch, the, the Mets just decide, okay, let's not let's not hit. And then it gets right down to the wire, and the Mets wind up losing the game, like you said, Tom. But on top of that, it's not just the batting; it's not just the pitching standpoint from the starting. But these relievers, I mean, uh, all these memes on Twitter and, and Instagram, Edwin. Ed Luz Diaz. Ed Luz Diaz. <laughs> uh, this, this guy was in the AL last year, one of the best relievers in all of baseball. Uh, I, not the AL. NL. I it that. NL. I don't understand why this is not working out for the Mets. Is, is there an aura? Is there a curse with this Mets team? What is this?
4: There's got to be something. I have no idea. The,
3: how do you go from, what he you, 72 saves last
1: season? Maybe Edwin Diaz is chapter two. Last week, we brought up Jason Bay as chapter oh, one no. of oh, our no. book of, book of <laughs> yeah, life. R- r- so I'm, making, I'm, I'm writing
4: a book uh, for the, just the Mets and how much I may be upset throughout my life, and Jason Bay is chapter one, and I think Edwin Diaz is going to be chapter two, maybe. I don't know. There's got to be something in between there. So can know. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put him on there for a little, maybe like a little paragraph. like Yeah, you know, maybe a little maybe paragraph. Maybe like, a page. Like a, like, yeah, a page of like, there was a stretch where I was like, oh, what are we doing here with him? But, you yeah. know. James, let's get to the fun part. The
1: weekend, uh, the week series against the Washington Nationals. You considered that fun? (laughs) The Mets did win the first game 7-3 with Syngard on the mound. Fantastic seven-inning outing, no runs, three hits, ten strikeouts, and Jeff McNeil hit a home run.
0: That that was a fun game. I I do have some bones to pick on the pitching-wise with that
1: game a little bit. Why? Because they let an ex-Met get all three RBIs and ask Dribble Cabrera.
0: Yes, and you pull and out guard a little
1: bit too early, in my
0: opinion. Um, but that that was probably the f- best game out of this. Fun win game out of the series. Yeah,
1: see, M- Mickey is a, r- a real character. I mean, he's living up to his name. I mean, that, that, that's exactly what he is. Like, is, is he a manager? Is he a pitching coach? What is he? Because clearly... He Is not a manager,
4: it's <laughs> no, not working out. I don't think he even knows what he is right now.
3: <laughs> where does his job stand? Let's say they let's say miraculously they make the playoffs. Is he still the manager, even though it wasn't Brody's guy? Or even if they don't, I, I is think, that still the guy next season?
4: I think it's one of those things where if he makes if he if they do make the playoffs, he gets another year, just a safe bet. But if even if he doesn't make it, he's out. But the playoffs. I think he gets, like, another year. They give him another chance. I
1: mean, you saw what happened with Girardi a couple of years ago with the Yankees, so we'll yeah. see. But the Mets, definitely a more conservative approach to this situation, I would say, because they've let Callaway hang on this long. So the fact that they're above 500 and this team has talent, realistically, you're looking at it, I think... The three biggest holes on this team are Mickey Calloway, Edwin Diaz, and J. Roos Familia. And, oh, let's not forget number four, Ioannis Cespedes. Should I add Jed Lowry, too? Make it a Fab Five lineup Let's make it a Fab Five. I like that. Yeah, perfect. And Jeff McNeil, an RBI single in the bottom of the third. The Mets lead the Phillies 1-0 as of right now. All right. Keep it up, Jeff. So game two of the National Series. This game was Tuesday night. The Mets entered the ninth inning. Six runs ahead of the Nationals. Not one, not two or three, four, maybe five. No, six. That's half a dozen runs. Half a dozen runs. Yeah. And what happened, Kyle? We have an update here. Oh, Bryce Harper leaves the game after taking a fastball to the hand. Hmm. Update. Hmm.
4: We break news here.
1: We break news You here. are really draining this out for James, because we gotta get through this Wednesday night, <laughs> na- uh this Tuesday night game. Oh, what's it to get through? Max uh... Scherzer was on the mound. The Mets got him out after six innings, which is great. They put up four runs on him. But the Nationals go on to score seven runs in the bottom of the ninth inning after after the Mets were ahead 10-4, to mm-hmm. the Grom went seven innings. James, break this down for us. What went wrong?
0: What went wrong? I can tell you what went wrong. Let's not put Lugo out there for the ninth that does a fantastic eighth inning. Let's put Paul Seawald in there.
3: Paul Seawald.
0: I don't know who they put in after that, but all I know is they put Edwin Diaz in. And then we all know the outcome of the rest of the game. Ed lose. Yes. For the Nationals to score that many runs, let alone put in at least three of your worst bullpen pitchers, that don't make sense.
3: On top of the fact, you guys scored five runs in the top of the ninth. Yes, we did. We were destroying the Nats.
0: And then, nope, Flugo, you sat too long. You sit longer.
1: Brandon Nimmo's first start back off his injury hits a solo shot in the ninth inning. Great. The yep. Mets are on a tear. All right, Jeff McNeil, a two-run single. Have yourself a day. Pete Alonso, a two-run bomb. Why not? Just add more fuel to the fire. 10-4, not a problem. Seth Lugo in the eighth inning pitched a 10-pitch eighth inning. Nope. And you know you've been overworking Diaz all year. You, I mean, what do they do? They throw out Paul Sewald in the ninth inning, four <laughs> runs, all earned to go with those four hits. He retired one batter. At this point in time, the Mets are ahead 10-8. Okay, at least you're still in the lead. All you need is two more outs. Two. Oh, don't even go to Diaz yet. Let's go to Luis Avilan in a two-run game with runners on base. Oh, guess what happened? He gave up another run. It all started with Trey Turner with the RBI double. Then Anthony Rendon, who now leads the MLB in hitting, uh, he had a RBI single as well. Then... Ryan Zimmerman with the two-run double. Can you say much more? Edwin Diaz enters the game. Two runs, two hits. Look, Avalon and Diaz combined couldn't get an out. I'm sorry. The Nationals scored seven runs, and the Mets only got one man out in that entire sequence. That entire sequence. And... Out of all things possible, what wins the Nationals the game? Kurt Suzuki, the who catcher. has been in the major leagues since this man has been
3: alive.
4: You know, I didn't know Kurt Suzuki was still playing, honestly, after watching that game. I was like, wait, he's still playing? I, I hate them. I hate them so much. In times
3: really- like these guys, you <laughs> just got to sit back and laugh. I mean, I was just peeking over at Tom, and as he was reading out these stats play-by-play, play, he was laughing saying it because it's just unbelievable. Six runs isn't enough in the bottom of the ninth to save you the game. Can
0: I just point out?
3: It's not enough of a cushion.
0: Can I point out that Mickey said, oh, Diaz was on, was on. He was throwing
1: his fastball pretty well. Yeah, pretty well. Lost you the game.
0: Yeah, of course, when it's right down the pipe.
1: It's a shame when your pitcher has his stuff, but they're hitting it. Yeah.
3: Turns a and into a negative.
1: Game three. The series is tied, mano imano. mano. The Mets win 8-4, to four. Zach Wheeler, two quality starts in a row. Now, he only went five innings, but to be fair, this was a day game after the Mets just got raffled for seven runs in one inning. So I'll take a one-run, seven-hit outing across five innings. I'll take that. And Alonzo, Cano, and Lagaris all hit home runs in this game. Alonzo trying to chase Aaron Judge, who hit 52 home runs in his rookie season. I believe that was just two years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what was great was the Mets destroyed Anibal Sanchez, a pitcher with a great reputation for the most part throughout the course of his career. And the Mets win the series. So the Mets win two out of three from the Phillies, two out of three from the Nationals. But why do we say this is a rocky week? The Mets won four out of six games against two teams that are ahead of them in the standings. Why are we saying this is a rocky week? The two losses were so bad that you don't even remember the four wins. That's exactly why. And the Mets had an off day Thursday. They won four games? I don't
0: remember that after that ugly loss.
3: I don't think you remember the other 71 either. I mean, that's going to be the highlight of the season if you guys don't make it. Let's be Be for
1: real here. Uh, We're heading to the fourth inning. The Mets are up 1-0 on the Phillies. It's Steven Matz against Zach Eflin tonight. And right now, guys, Zach Eflin, he does have five strikeouts, but he's kind of cold out there. Steven Matz has looked good so far across three innings. The only problem, he's lurking around 60 pitches already. That's a Mm -hmm. little bit further than you want at that point in the game, which makes you think that you're probably going to need at least three innings of bullpen, which ideally on a good night, you only want two innings of bullpen. Anything north of that, you need a good bullpen to help you close out the deal. But tomorrow, Game 2, Marcus Stroman against Drew Smiley, and Game 3, Vince Velasquez against Noah Syndergaard. Um, I think the Mets win this series.
3: Those should all be really wins do. from a pitching standpoint. All you yeah. just need is a couple.
1: It's based off of the pitching matchups, yeah. which yeah. it starts
3: yeah. to make you think.
1: Out of all the teams in wild card potential and uh, wild card contention, the Phillies have the least percentage chance to get in based off of their schedule. The Philadelphia Phillies have the toughest schedule
3: mm-hmm.
1: remaining, and add to the fact that Bryce Harper just left the game. Yeah, you know it was funny. Two weeks ago, I was in Jacksonville. We had that six-hour delay. I almost walked on to the Philadelphia flight. It was so late, I was so tired. I didn't know where I was going. And there was people standing around, I thought it was us. No, it was the flight to Philadelphia. I'm like, oh, I don't belong here. (laughs) Good news. This may be too little too late, but Jed Lowry, after nearly six months of sitting on the sidelines, is now in AAA.
4: You still on the team?
3: Do Do you even bring him up at this point? Do you put him in... For, for Todd Frazier you just let him finish out the season
1: I don't know I mean uh, that's a good question that I do not have the answers to maybe, maybe you should ask the character manager we have or Brody Van
3: Wagnet they both won't know the answer to that
0: you know I just thought of this yeah little sign note: you know the kids show Mickey Mouse Clubhouse
3: you just made the connection Mickey Calloway's Clubhouse that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah that is clubhouse. Yeah. I do like it. Yeah. Perfect. Who's Describe. goofy? Yeah.
1: I don't know. Maybe you? I'm not a Met. <laughs> on that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk some New York Yankees baseball. You're listening to Review and Preview here on LIU Wave. Good evening, and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Kyle Russo, James Montefusco, Fonz DeFalco, as my computer is spazzing out in front of me. Mm. Not good. Mm. I don't know if anybody
4: else is having that issue. I think I'm just going to uh, not attempt to get on the uh, Internet right yeah, now. Just, let it, I, let it, uh, just m- shut it down. Yeah, just let it for a little bit. Try again in a few minutes. <laughs> So let's get to
1: the Yankees, the Bronx Bombers. They currently sit first place in the American League at 92 and 49. They had an excellent series against the Oakland Athletics last weekend, where they won two out of three. Uh, although Oakland did win Game One, eight to two, Brett Anderson was solid. This really confirms that CC can't be on the mound for the playoffs. He can't be in this rotation. I don't even know if he's worthy of a bullpen spot. This guy's career is done. He he just can't do it anymore. It's proven. I hate to say it, but have fun chatting with Ryan Rucco on ESPN.
3: Yeah. No, he's – listen, you know that CC at this point in his career can probably give you a solid four or five max six innings, probably not six, but probably around five. But in playoffs, I mean, this is a team – People are saying that could potentially go all the way, can compete against Houston, potentially. Not necessarily with their pitching, because we all know that Houston has the best pitching in the league. But from a batting standpoint, they can potentially put up a competition. But you can't automatically go into a game having so much doubt that you don't even know what CC's going to be able to give you, especially you see against an Oakland team who is pretty good, but to only give you three innings in a regular season game? What about when it's all on the line and you're up against Houston and CC's matched either up against... Grenke, Verlander, or Cole, because it'll be one of those three guys. Because right now, CeCe is the, I believe he's the fourth guy in the rotation. Let's not
1: forget guy. Wade Miley, the number four pitcher, who also has 14 wins on the season. Yep,
3: they're just deep at pitching. And you can't afford to have CC potentially blow a game for you because he can't go four or five innings like the rest of these guys. You just can't have it. So, But out of respect for him, I, I don't see that there's any possible way that he's not a part of the starting rotation. Going into the playoffs, I cannot picture a starting pitching lineup without CC. In so
1: there. you would rather lose the playoffs and have CC in the rotation?
3: It's not a matter of me what I rather have; it's a matter of what I believe the final decision will be by Cashman, by Boone. That I don't think that there's any possible way that they decide. Let's just put this guy in the bullpen. And I don't even know if that point, if you can make him a bullpen guy, because if you pull, if you pull him out of the starting position role, which they might, I don't think they will. You're going to tell me that he's going to come out bullpen, 7th, 8th inning? I don't think he'd be the guy to go to. You go to Canley, you go to Adovino. Chad Green. You go to Chad Green, who's been better. And then you go to Chapman for the close in the ninth. I don't think CC even gets a chance to pitch, if that's the case.
1: Game 2. The Yankees win 4-3 to three in the 11th inning. This was a game they just slipped by. Oakland had a legitimate chance on Saturday to be the first team to win a series at Yankee Stadium since April. The Yankees have not lost the home series since April. And Germond was on the mound. An okay start. He didn't last very long in this game, just five innings. But Gary Sanchez, career-high amount of home runs this season. He hit two on Saturday. Judge and LeMay, who both also went deep, fantastic. They really they took it to Homer Bailey, although he did strike out a lot of guys. They got him out of the game quick. And really the only spark for Oakland was the Matt Olson home run. Despite the close game, you know, you hit four home runs, it's hard to lose in this league.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Unless you're the Mets on Tuesday night. Of course. Game three. The Yankees win 5-4. Another one-run win. J.A. Happ, probably his best start of the summer. Six innings, just one hit, five strikeouts. He did have four walks. Too many base on balls. Can't afford that. Kyle Russo, I want your take on this. Yep. Obviously, Hap is battling for a starting spot in the rotation come the playoffs. Do you think
3: he has any chance? Nope. Nope. Absolutely not. I wouldn't give him a single chance. And I think that's why you see you're hearing news today that uh, Severino is now pitching uh about 3 innings uh, in the minors about 45 pitches in triple A right now because they're racing him to get up because they can't afford to have what they had in half play against game 1 against Boston last season. Please name the Yankees starting rotation come playoff time. Uh German Tanaka uh the big maple. You got to go with James Paxton at number 3. And then I'm telling you I think you got to put CC in there at 4. And then you potentially probably have Severino there at five.
1: That's bad that you actually had to
3: think about it. Yeah, because the other options have just uh, – personally, I'm not a Hap guy. He has yet to really have a game since his Yankee debut last offseason, last season. Have a really spot-on game. He has not been good. They played him in game one against Boston last season in the playoffs. Got shellacked in the first inning or two. Had to take him out. The, the, the bullpen is deep. There's no doubt the Yankees' bullpen is deep, but it cannot go seven innings in a playoff baseball game. Your starting pitching at least has to give you six innings. And I, I don't know if Happ is going to give you that.
1: You know, it's a shame that Brody beat Brian to the acquisition of Marcus Stroman.
3: We'll see how that pans out.
1: Game three, Gardner hit a home run. Mike Ford had the game-winning walk-off home run. Talk about the impact
3: of Mike Ford. It's just that next-man-step-up mentality. It's been everybody. I mean, Mike Ford is one day. Mike Talkman is another day. All these other guys that come up throughout the minors, and they just they just play like they've been playing in the league for years. Yeah. They have no – you think about it. You're playing on the biggest stage of your life in one of the most known stadiums winning teams of all time. They put on the pinstripes, and they play like it's a game in your backyard. They just hit balls out of the park, they get on base, they win games in the clutch, and it's nothing. Mike Ford comes in to pinch hit, walk-off home run. Mike Ford. You know, it reminds me of one of
1: those backyard baseball games we used to play when we were, when we were younger on the GameCube oh, yeah. or the PS2, whatever yeah, it was. that's classic know, game right Xbox. there. Xbox, yeah. So, fun times. I mean, you just sit there watching the Yankees. You know, it brings back memories. But... Let's give credit to Oakland. They're still fighting for that second wild-card spot with Tampa Bay. Matt Olson did hit a home run in back-to-back games in the series, mm-hmm. one Saturday, one Sunday. They have a lot of good bats on their team. They have Profar, they have Simeon, they have Olsen, they have Chapman. They have Chris Davis. He's been a little off, but Chris they have Davis. Chris Davis. They did he have showed. Jed Lowry last year, but no, no more.
3: Yeah, and Sean I looked really good in his first start. I mean, they had mm-hmm. to pull him early, but for his first start, he looked
1: very good. Let's move on. Texas. Yankees heading down south. Yep. You would think this would be a clean three-game sweep. You would hope. If not, at least you would hope the Yankees would, you know, maybe score a run in every game. Yeah. It did not happen in the first game. No. I believe this was the first time all season the Yankees were shut out.
3: That that would sound true, right about true. I, I can't remember a game this bad. Mike Miner, an older pitcher, who
4: another
1: guy who the Yankees should have went after. Seven and a third, no runs, five hits, five strikeouts, gets the win. This felt like old-timers night. You got Miner balling out there against a the powerhouse lineup. You got Sinsen Chu hitting a home run. The Shields went deep. Trevino.
3: Tanaka was okay. And that's why it's iffy. We're talking about playoff starting lineups, right? Tanaka struggles against a Texas team who is probably have some of the worst batters in the entire league. Hunter Pence is on the injured list. They don't even have their best hitter. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Joey Gallo, who's their home run guy. And you let up six runs. Game two,
1: your boy takes the mound. James Paxton, seven innings, 12 strikeouts. The
3: big, na- the big maple has looked very,
1: very, very good.
3: A one-hitter. A one-hander. What do you think about that? Granted, it is against the Rangers, but still. I mean, compared to where he started off in the season to now the point that he's at, I believe it's seven wins straight for Paxton his last seven starts. Unbelievable performance. Twelve strikeouts.
1: A 10-1 to win for the Yankees. Paxton improves his record on the season. Uh, let's talk about the long ball. Again, five home runs in this game. Sanchez has another pair, Didi, the return of the Parrot, Edward Encarnacion, and Brett Gardner again. Like,
3: look. It's incredible. It's just incredible because it makes you really say. You, you sit back and you look, and uh, we all know the Minnesota Twins lead the league in home runs. The Yankees are about nine home runs behind the Twins, and the Yankees have basically misjudged the entire season, missed and do the entire season. Missed Giancarlo Stan the entire season. Nine games. Nine games. Exactly. You could only imagine where they'd stand if those guys stayed healthy. But another guy, Edwin Diaz, people said when the Yankees acquired him, why do you need another bet? Well, why not have another bet? Since he's been a Yankees I believe he's hit about I want to say maybe about twenty, eighteen home runs since being a Yankee. It's just that next man step up mentality. That's really what it is. And when Encarnacion, he just came off the IL and look at his impact performance.
1: Klaibra Torres, 34 home runs on the season, which is tied for the team lead with Gary Sanchez. And fun fact, Judge, who you just mentioned, Aaron Judge has only played in 84 games this year. He has 20 home runs. That's tied for fourth on the team. Kyle Russo, you have at least 13 players with at least 10 home runs. It's amazing.
4: It's crazy 13, what, 13. you 13. you sit back
3: and you hear that alone and you think about the amazement, but then you go back to what I just said. Just imagine if your actual powerhouse guaranteed hitters were in the lineup throughout the entire season. Okay. You say to yourself, Oh my God, three hundred easy.
0: You would blow the record that you set last season out of the
3: water. By basically what it no, not last season. I believe it yeah, it might have been last season. It was two sixty 8, I believe, or 262 267. 267. And
1: the Twins broke it this week. With 272 yeah. they the have Yankees right now. They're going to break their own record. Yeah. So now it's between the Yankees and the Twins who finishes with more home
3: runs. It'll be the Twins, but it's just incredible to sit back and think about it. It really is. Game 3.
1: Lance Lynn. Chad Green. Mm-hmm. A spot start where Chad Green Went two innings. This was a typical fill-in game where the Yankees use a combination of pitchers to try to get them through to compensate for their lackluster starting pitching. And I say that with very reluctantly because of a team that has 92 wins that does not have good starting pitching. For them to be. It's barely edible. Uh, In this game, Judge and Torres each go deep. Lancelin was on the mound, had seven strikeouts, but he took the L. And Odor hit a home run for Texas. So the Yankees take two out of three. Solid. And now a four-game slate up in Fenway this weekend. Our good friend Hank Dichter is currently up there right now in Boston. No score heading to the bottom of the fourth inning. And German has looked impressive so far. Just one hit through three and two-third innings of work. And then on the mound for the Boston Red Sox tonight, it is Shaken, who was a brewer last year. He's out of the game after two innings. Again, new bullpen guy in there, spot start. Again, the acquisition of
3: Andrew Kashner turned out to be a nightmare I for don't the even, Red Sox. I don't even understand what the point of that was because he wasn't any good in Baltimore. What would you try to – that was the guy that was going to help you get to the playoffs? This was a guy – he had – Ten wins, but his ERA
1: is like Haps. It's pitiful.
3: Yep.
0: What kind of move? That sounds like a Mets move.
1: Yeah. Right. Personally. Well, you know, Cashman wanted some cash. (laughs) He refuses
3: to spend it, but it's okay. It's okay.
1: Tomorrow it'll be Hap. Boston has not announced the starter for that game yet. Still to be determined, Game 3 on uh, Sunday, Tanaka against Porcello. And then Game 4, James Paxton against Eduardo Rodriguez. So, some good pitching matchups those last two games. Yankees have the record for most players to hit IL in a season.
3: What are they at now? I believe they hit 29. 29 players I think they hit. Something like that. Some ridiculous number. That is more
1: than an entire 25-man roster.
3: And yet somehow best record in the league, maybe. That's sickening. Well, tied. That's unbelievable. Tied with the Dodgers. Oh, well, at this point, if they win tonight, it'll be surpassed that. You're lucky you
0: have that good of a farm system. Or guys, mech next man up
3: mentality. It's not guys in the farm system. It's guys who know what they're doing at the top. It all starts at the top. They can't be acquired into the farm system, right? you don't true. got something, there's no one to do it. No. And that's no hate. Hey, listen, truth. as New Yorkers, I know you guys are Mets fans, all three of you. But at the end of the day, you sit back and look and say, wow, that is absolutely incredible. That is absolutely incredible. There's no other words to describe it. Yes. 29 people on the I.L. Best we are, record.
1: We are agreeing with you. Yeah. We are agreeing. <laughs> Probably for the first time.
3: In a long time. Listen, yeah. three months. We get it. The Yankees. 77 days. We get it. The Yankees are good. We get yeah. it. They're good. Stop yeah, rubbing it. You stop
1: had a, He had a match of sevens. Ooh, as the mic goes flying. Um, all right, guys. Again, we do apologize tonight with Facebook Live. We are having technical glitches here in the studio. We are still troubleshooting the problem. If it gets up and running, we will let you know. But for now, follow us on our audio link at liuwave.org. We do broadcast here on the campus of Long Island University post campus. And tomorrow, a big event, the first-ever Division One FCS-LIU football game. The team has traveled. They have landed safely in South Dakota in Souks Falls to take on the South Dakota State University football team, and this is going to be great. C.J. Beathard's younger brother, the starting quarterback for LIU, backup quarterback for the 49ers, oh, if anyone did not know. I did not know that. <laughs> and um, two of our own guys. Jason Glickman, Matt Weinstein went out there to make the trip with the team. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. Two people that you and I used to work with. Yeah. You know, That's crazy. I, you used to spot the games. I used to call them my last 2 years and directed them for a year. It, it was fun. It was a fun time and to see this elevate to that Division 1 level is insane. And September 21st will be the first home LIU football game. They will take on Sacred Heart University here on the LIU campus. Oh, you're rooting for, L. I. U. Come on, was that even a question?
3: Nah, I feel you gonna go with L. I. U. Can't, can't go against. I'll root
1: for shoe every game except the L. I. U. Game. Fonz has some shoe connections as
4: well. Yeah, I do uh, one of uh, my buddies. Shout out to Matt Monica. Went to Sacred Heart University too. Played on the rugby so, team. Yeah, right? rugby player also. Yeah, and, I, I got you some, as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, uh, it's been a while. It's been a while since I played. But yeah, I know I uh, got some connections over there too. But uh, I'm. For me, you know, I didn't go to LIU Post, but I'm really excited to see what the program has in store. You, know? now you, moving you on do to... have some family Oh, no, yeah, my sister goes here now. So, yeah, now I guess I am part of the LIU Post fam. not only enjoying with that. and the also, process. Yeah, I'm enjoying <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> uh, we're having a good laugh here, folks. We're going to keep it here and jump into some MLB news now. So, Russo, we did mention the Yankees have the best record in baseball at 92-49. and 49. Uh, They are are in fact a half a game ahead of the Dodgers in the loss column. They have the same amount of wins, though. The Astros have 91 wins. The Yankees and the Dodgers have 92. Who gets to 100 first?
3: Any guesses? I'm not being biased, and I'm going to go with the Yankees, only because news broke out today with uh, the Astros. George Springer is now in concussion protocol. That's going to be a major loss for their batting because he's a guy that's been unbelievable for them last year the Astros can't lose 29 guys and do it as well no no they can't do it I thought you just said they
1: had the best rotation in the in the in the league
3: I said for pitching so George Springer is a batter I think that's gonna be a major loss I think that's gonna be a major loss and the Yankees got some easy (laughs) after Boston I'm pretty sure they go to play Detroit that should be at least Angels (laughs) terrible team this year three wins Seattle Mariners terrible team this year and then Detroit—that should be another three. Detroit's in the Central. I know I'm saying, but that's—I think that's who that's on the schedule. I would check right now, but the Wi-Fi is horrible right now. <laughs> but I believe that's who on who's on the schedule next upcoming.
1: So, last year, 2018, the Yankees hit 267 home runs as a team in 162 games. This year, the home run numbers are out the door. The Minnesota Twins have already broken that record. They have hit 272 home runs through just 139 games. 33 games still remain on the season. 23. Uh, Now, this is very interesting because the Yankees are also on track to beat their own record. They're not too far behind. I just said they're not too far behind, but as I say that, Mitch Moreland hits a three-run bomb for Boston. Thank you, Domingo.
3: <laughs> can't win them all, boys. Can't win them all. Well, the Phillies just scored
1: two against the Mets, so uh-huh. Mets lead 2-1 to one in the top of the fifth.
0: Wait, you said we you can't win
3: them all? Yeah. Wow. You can. <laughs> I'm surprised. You can't win them all. <laughs> Listen, sometimes you got to settle for a 100-win season.
0: Must be nice. Excuse us, guys. You know, settle for a 100-win
3: season. Chapter 3. That one time
1: we had a 100 win season, <laughs> a long, long time ago. We're gonna, we're gonna write this book,
4: and it's, it's gonna be, a go, it's going to happen.
1: <laughs> so uh, the Washington Nationals are a very hot team in the National League. That all of a sudden they went from fourth place in the NL East to start the season, and they've skyrocketed to second, giving the Braves some traction a little bit, keeping them on their toes, and all of a sudden they're the top wild card team. They're the top wild card team, and they have the best hitter in baseball right now. Anthony Rendon leads the MLB with a three thirty eight batting average as of today. Thoughts? Thoughts
3: on the Nationals?
0: They put the right pieces together. It's, it's, been, it's
3: their starting you, pitching. You know? It's been pretty impressive. We know what their starting pitching brings, but the, on work. top of the fact that their bullpen is one of the worst in baseball to still continue to— and on wins is pretty impressive.
0: Well, when you have a starting pitching that's able to go seven, Six, eight seven innings, innings. Yeah, eight innings, you know, you, you, you don't have to worry about it as much. I got what you said. Potentially put one relief pitcher in per game, give or take. I mean, they signed a Drupal Cabrera, a
2: yeah,
1: former. I guess some decent bets. It was an acquisition the Mets should yeah. have made, but the Nationals beat them to the punch.
0: Um, so there's a few guys they also picked up has blossomed that lineup
1: as well.
3: Yeah, Anthony Rendon, another guy. We talked about best batting average in all of baseball with a three thirty eight. Very impressive.
1: Yeah. Now, assuming you're not a Sean Doolittle guy here, not at all. Francisco Rodney, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oldest player in baseball.
3: Those are some, those are some bad relievers right there.
1: <laughs> He's the last player from the 70s remaining. Jeez. <laughs>
4: wow. <laughs> Man.
1: In the MLB. That's crazy. God, the times have changed. They have. I mean, nothing
0: wrong with that. Nope. New level of game. Yep.
1: Although the offense has been fantastic this season in baseball, all across baseball, starting pitching is still dominant. It's just few and far between. One thing I've noticed, I've noticed a trend. It's not every team has one legitimate number one ace. It's there's multiple teams – that have so much depth, yeah. whether it's Houston, whether it's the Dodgers, even throw the Mets in there. The Nationals, these teams are stacked. And these other teams, for example, sorry, the Yankees. Like, Toronto. Like, Baltimore. There's no one. You're going to tell yeah. me Dylan Bundy at 5-13 and 13 is your ace
3: with a 4-5 ERA? Well, that's different. That's a team that's trying to. Trying to lose. I mean, they they get rid of everything that they ever had that was decent for them. I mean, Renato San... Nunez
1: is yeah. their best player. Do you know who that is, guys?
3: No. I'm pretty sure he's a DH, though. He has hit 28 home runs yeah. all the season. Oh, Sounds okay. like a DH. <laughs> Sounds like a DH. Trey
1: Mancini's still there as well. Mm-hmm. North of 20 home runs, too.
3: And then you look at another team like Toronto. You know, they basically stripped down that well, team two uh, years yeah, ago.
1: Come on. You got Vlad. You got Bo Bichette. Well, that's what I'm saying. Bo, Bo is, is the good. next best thing in baseball. Him and Vlad next year? It's going to be... Maybe. Look, it's going it's going to take them a few years, but I'm I'm going to say this, 5 years from now, those two guys leading that team, look out AL East, along with Anthony i I'm sorry. Well, you need some pitching too. You can't just have the bats. Hinjin Ryu leads <laughs> the, the MLB in ERA at 2.45, which last year the the Grom shattered that. Mm-hmm. The Grom had a 1.7. Right now the Grom's lurking around the 2.6-2.7 range. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just crazy how well Hinge and Ryu's been able to pitch. But the fact that 2-4-5 is the lowest starting pitcher ERA is a little alarming. It is a little alarming. You know, the Dodgers, quite frankly, have had an alarming week. This is a, this is piggybacking off the fact that
3: Dustin May was beamed in the face by a baseball. That was bad. Yeah, I was surprised he was even able to get up on his own two feet. But uh, luckily, from what I've read, you know, he's gone through multiple concussion tests. He's not going through concussion protocol. And they're saying that he should be back up and again by next week, if not sooner, for a start.
1: What I don't understand with Dustin May, he made two to three starts. He was good in all Ten. three of them. But then all of a sudden, they just moved him to the bullpen. I never got it. Yes, you have Kershaw. You have Walker Buehler. yeah, uh, have Hingen Ryu. Hingen-Ryu. And then I know Rich Hill's been hurt all year, but realistically, May has been there, and he's been good. Those three starts that he had, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yep. And the Dodgers fixed something that wasn't broken, in my, in my opinion. So, you know, we'll see if that backfires on them. The good news is, yes, Russo, May did pass multiple concussion tests. So things are looking good for him. See if he'll be back towards the end of this month um, alright guys so some of the big MLB games that are going on tonight also get your player of the week ready mm-hmm. if you haven't already um, I have mine but first let's get to some big games the Oakland Athletics are leading the Detroit Tigers 7-3 to three in the top of the ninth inning and the Cardinals who have won 21 out of their last 27 games right now are the hottest team in baseball. They lead the Pirates 2-1 to in the bottom of the fifth. You look at the St. Louis Cardinals. This is a team that just got Matt Carpenter back off the I.L. Couldn't have been better timing. They acquired Marcelo Zuna from the Marlins a year or two ago. Yadier Molina is back off the I.L. Couldn't have been better timing. Paul DeJong, Edmund, Bader, Nicholas, an excellent starting pitcher. Colton Wong. And no, everyone forgets that they acquired Paul Goldschmidt. This is a stacked team. This is a stacked team with veterans. With veterans. This is not a young team. Yadier Molina was there in 06 when he broke the Mets' hearts. <laughs> He's still there playing at a high level, hitting at 276. That's crazy. At 36 about, years yeah. old. This is something that cannot be overlooked the St. Louis Cardinals. They are a dark horse in this National League. If I had a bank on it today, the three best teams in the, in the National League, Dodgers, Braves, Cardinals. That's what I'd say. And everyone forgets the Cardinals now lead the NL Central. The Cubs don't lead the division anymore. It's the Cardinals. It's the Cardinals. So we'll see what happens there. And Texas trailing Baltimore 6-4. The An important game in the NL East. The Braves are on top of the Nationals 2-0 in the top of the fifth inning. That game right now has Dallas Keuchel on the mound, who is pitching a shutout. He's been fantastic, a great acquisition for Atlanta. Cubs and the Brewers, no score, bottom of the second. Astros lead the Mariners 3-2 at the end of the first. Indians and Twins just on their way. And then a big game tonight out in L.A., the Dodgers host the San Francisco Giants. That matchup will feature Clayton Kershaw against Jeff Samarja. All right, so let's get to our MLB Player of the Week. For those of you tuning in that don't know what that is, well, we're picking our best player who has impressed us the most this week. And Kyle, we will start with you.
3: I'm going to go with James Paxton. He's been very, very impressive over the last few of his starts. Few. Seven starts, I believe he's won. Seven starts straight. Again, he played against the Texas Ranger team. Not much to look at, but still 12 strikeouts and allowed one hit. Which is very good for anybody against any team.
1: And your Yankees continue to pour it on. Brett Gardner, solo shot. They're trailing 4-1. That's a okay. It's okay, Fonz, you're next.
4: I'm gonna go with to I'm gonna go with Justin Verlander, for what he did. Oh, uh, yeah. September first, I think it was uh, last Sunday, third career no hitter, second against the Toronto Blue Jays, struck out 14 batters, showing that he's still one of the better pitchers in MLB right now. So that's my player of the week.
1: I like it, and Justin Verlander helped bring me into the seventh seed in the playoffs.
4: James, we're both
1: in, in the playoffs in our Fantasy Baseball League. Well, congratulations we to both of you. Kyle, Thank where you. are you
3: sitting? Oh, uh, my team was not built like the Yankees. When my players go on the I.L., I'm done. <laughs> so I'm you're done. left bench. I'm left bench. Oh, man. All went downhill. Giancarlo <laughs> and Duhar, everybody. That's why you don't pick your team. James,
0: Jones. on that note. Zach ranky Ooh. After Verlander's start, he almost follows up the following night with a no hitter for himself. Um, by going to his new team has helped him,
1: in my opinion. I
3: yeah, yeah. like it. He's been a lot, he's been very good. Yeah. yeah, he
1: has. You know, he's one of those guys that a new team, Houston, this could potentially be overwhelming. We saw what happened f- with Stroman for the Mets so far. Yeah. He's been on and off. Dranky has been pretty. Fair and consistent. Very good. For me, for my player of the week, I'm going to go with a wild one here. Uh, So I think I've gone with this player before. I'm going to go with Pirates rookie Brian Reynolds. You mentioned him before. He's right up there leading the NL in batting. He just qualified a couple weeks ago. He was brought up in May. And Brian Reynolds also had uh, a walk-off earlier this week. Ryan Reynolds' stats on the season as a rookie who got called up in May, he's hitting 335 16 home runs, 65 RBIs, and last night, two home runs, three RBIs. I think that qualifies for a Player of the Week candidate. Definitely, I so. Not to mention, I also think he's the future of that team, and he's on my fantasy team. So, a little. Hey, you've been high on him for for a couple of weeks now. I have been yeah. high on him. I was very close to dropping him like a month or two ago, but then all of a sudden he just went on a tear because he he wasn't playing enough. And then finally he got some playing time once the Pirates dealt Dickerson to the Phillies. And it's it's worked out. On that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will have our Team of the Week, and then we will transition into our NFL 2019 Season Kickoff Preview. You're listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Week one has arrived, and so has the 2019 NFL season. This is Review and Preview here on LIUwave.org. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside my table of co-hosts here funds defalco james montefusco kyle russo unfortunately i don't have an o at the end of my last name i am the oddball at the table yeah um the o club
0: it's, it's a very popular club
3: it's the italians
1: yeah in my opinion um yes <laughs> so yeah. let's um let's get to our team of the week uh James, I will start with you here. What is your team of the week? So, as we all know, football started last night. And I
0: am going to go with the Green Bay Packers. The way they played last... For some fans, they thought it was boring. Some fans thought it was interesting. The way they have reestablished their defense, in my opinion, has been phenomenal from players from last being their rookie or second season now coming into their own getting acquisitions acquisitions from other teams free agency um they have really blossomed their defense we saw it last night against the bears um i would personally think it would have been the bears defense shining oh green bay uh so that is my team of the week
4: excellent work james
1: thank you mr tom
4: Fonds, you were next. Something a little different here. Uh, this past weekend, there was the conclusion of the Big Three. You know, the league that Ice Cube runs a three-on-three oh, basketball yeah. league. And the triplets won the new expansion team they added, led by Ice ISO Gino. Joe Joe Johnson, the legend yes. himself. 28 points, the game-winner. Game-winning three. And he actually has been getting some NBA looks recently. Yeah, I've heard by the Nets fill it Alvin Gentry was there, the, I think, the week prior. So, yeah, I think this just shows that You know, some of these older players can still get a shot in the league or even just continue playing. So the triplets are the big three. That's my
3: team of the week. Nice. Kyle. My My team of the week is the Dallas Cowboys. You know, we thought it was a bluff. Turned out it wasn't a bluff. They got the contract done, no goofing around. If they want to win a Super Bowl, they need their best player on their team to be ready. Yes, they made Ezekiel Elliott the highest-paid running back in all of football. But they're going to need him if they really want to go far. Because, yes, you need people to show up in the playoffs, but you don't get to the playoffs unless you win regular season games. Glad they got the contract done. Hey, bud. Yeah. You know that's a division arrival, right? You took my team. I had to think of something on the spot. <laughs> but the Cowboys? I couldn't say the Giants, could I?
0: Any other team, but the Cowboys would have been fine. We,
3: it's okay. We used them last week.
1: <laughs> they were one of the three four and teams in preseason. Fons is Ravens, yeah, the Buffalo Bills. Ravens are and seventeen and
4: 0 in, in the last seventeen preseason games. Let me tell you, <laughs> we're a dynasty. Very
1: nice.
0: I don't like that pick, Russo.
1: Um, Sorry. Yeah, me neither. But I, I, I'm gonna go with the Maryland Terrapins football team shutting out Howard <laughs> oh, seventy nine <laughs> nothing.
2: That
4: the highest. Nice. You
1: hear the story about that, right?
3: Jordan McNair. Oh, yeah. yeah. You hear that?
1: He was number 79 on Maryland. Yep. Josh Jackson threw four touchdown passes. This was the guy who uh, died due to heat stroke. Jordan numbers. McNair, not Josh Jackson. McNair. Maybe yeah. 79 yes. years okay. yeah. Oh, yeah, He was yeah, number 79, the
3: That's right. and they scored 79-0. Yeah. So. Josh
1: Jackson, the starting quarterback for Maryland, uh, had four touchdown passes, and Funk this, this running back is good. I know he only had 12 rushes, but he's a factor mm-hmm. out of the passing game as well. He had a touchdown, and Demas Jr., three catches, 100 yards, two of his three catches for scores. Maryland, a 79 nothing win
4: over Howard. Is that the highest, like, probably shutout? Am I, or there's probably more, but a 79 nothing is that the highest shutout ever? The I'd...
1: highest shutout ever is 222 to nothing.
4: What the, When was that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know I wasn't alive for that. Yeah, I don't
4: know what that was. Did the scoreboard have a glitch or something? No, yeah. <laughs> it was really twenty
3: to zero. Just that. That sounds
0: it. like um, Madden. Yeah, exactly.
4: Score. Oh yeah, that's right. You just want to have it on rookie settings the entire yeah. <laughs> time.
3: Look, hey,
1: I, I'm just, I'm just spitting the facts here, guys. It's a good oh. way to
3: start the season. Fifty point corners. Oh my God, that's what that
1: means. Uh would you like to know the teams of this game? I've so back in 1916. Oh okay. It, <laughs> it, 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 it I love was, where this is going now. This is perfect. <laughs> Time out. It was Cumberland against Georgia Tech. This was the most lopsided game ever in the history of college football. Georgia Tech defeated Cumberland 222 to nothing. Uh, this game is going down in the record forever. 63 points were scored in each of the first two quarters. By Georgia
4: Tech. And now, were they running that the 19- head coach 20s of, offense, that triple option, that nineteen h that ancient offense they run? Very <laughs> true.
1: Um, the infamous score was led by Georgia by the Georgia Tech Engineers at the time. Their head coach John Heisman. Hence, wow. why we have the wow. Heisman Trophy. That's crazy. You learn something new, people yeah. listening right now. Funs.
3: <laughs> FFF.
1: Fun fact. Friday. Friday. Yes. Yep. Triple yeah. F, I should have said. That's nuts. Have I enlightened your mood, Kyle Russo? That
3: was a great fun fact. <laughs> Think about all the origination of college football where it all leads back to a score of 222 back in 1916. That's Georgia Tech cool. of all teams. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: Known as the Engineers back mm-hmm. then. So, a couple players got paid in the NFL. Let's get to our kickoff season preview. Oh, yeah. Although the first game was last night. Uh... Jared Goff got paid this week. We'll start with him, and then we'll talk about Zeke. Jared Goff got a four-year extension worth $134 million. Uh, too much, in my opinion, for a guy who's been in the league for three, three years. years, three years, three full seasons. Heading
4: into his fourth. fourth right? yeah. Yeah. Yep.
1: This is a guy who is 25 years old. He might still be 24 till the end of the calendar year. He's but t-
4: uh, 24 now. Yeah. He'll,
1: he'll be turning 25 before the end of the year, though, right? Yeah, in October. He's an so, 94 because yeah. mm. I know he graduated college a year before us. Yeah. That's, so, wow. <laughs> and he's making <laughs> a lot a year. A lot, a lot. Uh, fun fact about Jared Goff. Oh, we get something. two, two fun facts. Yes. Look at that. Jared Goff, it took him the fewest seasons to start a Super Bowl among the quarterbacks that were taken number one overall in the draft. Jared Goff started the Super Bowl in his 3rd mm. NFL season. That was the quickest number 1 overall pick ever to start a Super Bowl.
4: Yeah, I wouldn't I don't think it was anybody even ever close to that.
1: Four quarterbacks started a Super Bowl in their 4th NFL season. That's what it was John Elway? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Troy Aikman, Drew Bledsoe, and Eli Woody White. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was 3 years from it I'm like wait a minute. And I'm like, oh, uh, there it is. I cannot show Facebook Live my Eli Manning jersey hey, tonight. We're still loading since up since Facebook we're Live We're <laughs> still loading uh, 62 minutes into the show here tonight. Uh, if you do want to call in, though, we will take your questions at 516-299-2030. Here on the wave, Ezekiel Elliott. Biggest running back contract ever. Six-year extension worth $90 million. And if I'm Kamara, McCaffrey, or Barkley, I am smiling at this.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: This is an absurd amount of money. Uh, Did Zeke deserve to be extended? Yes. But did he deserve that much a year? He's that entire offense. Here is my beef with that and with you. Uh, (laughs) My beef with you is that you chose Dallas as your team of the week, and then you say Zeke. Deserves. Does my he not? my my beef with this Zeke deserves to be extended, but I don't to be the highest paid running back. I mean,
3: it was bound to happen. Let's yeah. be realistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just playing the cover for the show. Well he was he was up and for me personally, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking, wow, he got his money. You know what that means? You caught me so off guard, I forgot my next comment, that means but go ahead. <laughs> Kamara's next, and we were talking about this. Mm-hmm. Kamara's probably next because he was a later round pick, which means his contract is shorter. He doesn't have the fifth year He doesn't Off-fit. have the fifth year Then it'll be Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. and then it'll be Saquon. You know what the problem is? By the time we get to Saquon, we're going to see 20 mil a year. Because if the numbers keep on, everybody wants to get higher than each other.
4: It's just with the – go ahead, Tom. It dawned
3: on me.
1: There are 53 players on an NFL roster. Mm -hmm. The NBA, you see money tossed around because there's only – if we're including the reserves who don't even suit up for the game, there's 15 15. players on on a a roster. There's less guys, so money's going to be thrown around a lot more, and the sport is extremely popular. So is the NFL. But we're taught there's so many more NFL players than there are NBA players. And now you're starting to see NFL creep up to the NBA numbers.
4: Yeah, they're making them more stars because that's the thing with NBA. They want to market the players. You know, NFL, they kind of market just the team, the team aspect. Do you
1: see what I'm concerned about here?
4: Yeah. Me with the Zeke thing, I knew he was going to get paid. He's one of the better running backs in the league. But this time last year we said Todd Gurley was like the best back in the league. And then once he got paid – his, his knee started hurting him, and he couldn't play in the Super Bowl. So it's just the one thing. Zeke has never really missed a game, I don't think. I mean, Zeke has the suspension. He, except for the suspension, he hasn't yeah, missed he, one game. But he almost health. had a thousand yards that season. He's been yeah. consistent, but I just get worried after they get paid that much, like it, especially in the running back position. Because I'm looking at the Todd Gurley situation that happened last year. Well, Todd
3: Gurley had problems in college. He tore his ACL. Yeah, you remember that? Fonz,
4: if I remember correctly,
3: you picked tenth in
4: our fantasy football
1: draft this yeah. past yeah. Sunday, yeah. and. Yeah. You picked Zeke. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. There,
4: there go. goes the argument. Later. Yeah. Um. Well, thanks for exposing me, Tom. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> it was right around the time when I was that's like, stupid. not sure. I wasn't sure, and then I read the reports, like, oh, he's close to it. I'm like, eh, I have the tenth pick. I have an early second round pick. Might as well get another running yep. back after. So why not?
1: Crazy. Other big news this week. Uh, Jadavion Clowney was traded to the Seahawks on cut down day. For a 2020 third round pick, Barcavius Mingo, along with Jacob Martin. Uh, those three credentials are heading to Houston. This was a steal for Seattle. This yeah. was yeah. the biggest it's,
3: steal. This is this is what we call a fleece of a team. This is unbelievable. Jadavian Clowney for a third round pick. Barcavius Mingo, who at one point in time wasn't even on a team. And who was Jacob Martin? Was
4: like who was a,
3: Jacob Martin? He was a backup
4: linebacker but mingo at point was the height like sixth overall pick in a couple of years ago by the browns and was, it
3: was like blocked. 2012 yeah. so could you elaborate more on why you think this is a fleece you get the former number one overall who you install on a defense and could easily get you 10 sacks in a season and you get him for practically nothing
1: the nfc west just got even more competitive and we saw last year what happened when khalil mack got traded yeah. from the raiders to the bears Does this have that potential effect where this could put Seattle atop the NFC West and unseat the Rams?
3: I think it does because Seattle's within a division that has some pretty porous offensive lines in the San Francisco 49ers and including the Arizona Cardinals. That's a guy who could get a decent amount of numbers on those teams, especially playing in a total four times a year just with those teams. And in my opinion, Doug Baldwin, Chris Carson,
1: those two offensive guys are better than any weapon that the Bears had last season.
3: Mm-hmm. You don't think so? Doug Bowen retired. You mean D.K. Metcalf. D.K. Metcalf. Tyler Lockett. That's who I met. So, but, yeah, no. The, and then with Russell so, Wilson subconsciously, leading, I knew that, but the name came out. No, 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 yeah. no, I get it. But with Russell Wilson leading that team, I mean, this team could really do anything. Yeah. And now they installed a defense. What was surprising to me was that knowing that Jadavion Clowney wanted such a big contract, why would you trade away Frank Clark to the Chiefs because you didn't oh, want yeah, to pay him true. money, and then you trade for a guy who's probably going to want even more money than that?
4: I think maybe because Frank Clark kind of div- became better as the years went on, whereas Julian Clowney, after his rookie year, like was okay, but then he started becoming a Pro Bowl. And I line. felt like, maybe Seattle, that's what...
1: Seattle got a good return considering the Chiefs did lose D Ford mm-hmm. and and Justin Houston,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and I they they had to get somebody, so Seattle was the. Uh, park part partnership there. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about that. And speaking of the Chiefs, after LaShawn McCoy surprisingly missed the cut on the Buffalo Bills roster, one of the older backs in the league gets signed by the Kansas City Chiefs to be Damian Williams'
4: backup. I like that signing a lot. This is an un-
3: unbelievable deal. signing. This is like un- like Damian Williams, I will give him two, three weeks max as the starting back. But LaShawn McCoy is taking over because yeah. Andy Reid knows how to use him. Andy Reid knows how to use him. you got to remember, when Andy Reid left Philadelphia, Shady McCoy was still there. Who traded him was Chip Kelly. Yeah. Otherwise, he still would have been an eagle. And at that time, Shady McCoy was one of the best backs in the entire league. Yes, he had some good years with Buffalo towards the end of his tenure with Buffalo. He hurt a lot, which was killing him. But if he could stay healthy with Andy Reid leading behind him again... That offense is really... And this is, like, unbeatable at every every position, receiver, tight end, running back... They got a dual-threat running back. And the offensive line, not to brag, is very, very LeSean good.
1: LeSean McCoy is 31 years old. Doesn't matter. Le- the last time Reed and McCoy were together, McCoy was like 23, 24. He could still, but he knows him offensively. What did he have offensively as a coach in Buffalo? You're telling me he's going to unseat Damian Williams, who has been the go-to guy the whole summer? And quite frankly, when Kareem Hunt,
3: Left? Got cut? Williams performed better? Not better, but it was definitely a good install of what they've lost and and understood of what they lost. But I think that, granted, because he knows LaShawn McCoy very well, because he coached him, he drafted him, he should be able to pull that offense out of him if he stays healthy. Right, but my counter argument is this. You know
1: McCoy's not going to be there long term, most likely. Why would you risk Damian Williams' production and development digressing just for the benefit of McCoy and Reed. Oh, they know each other. This is something that can go well for two to three years, and then you're back looking around for running back again, as where Damian Williams is young, and he can be the answer for the next eight to ten years.
3: Because even over the course of eight, ten years, if you pull out one Super Bowl, because we all... I think we all believe the Chiefs have a really good shot at making it to the Super Bowl. Granted, if so. the Patriots weren't in the AFC, I think we'd all be picking the Chiefs to make it there. Mm-hmm. But nope. I guess not. Nope. But the Chiefs are one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team offensively in the league. If you have that guy that you believe that could push you over the edge, you'll hold back any talent, young talent that you have because that's the guy that could take you to the promised land. And I'm not saying that Damien Williams is automatically going to be done. I'm saying I think he'll get more carries – and Damien Williams over the course of the season—not week one, not week two, but maybe week three, week three, week four—we'll see that.
0: I personally hope not because I got Williams on my fantasy team. Well, let's. Yeah. So you
1: know, I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Um, I think there is another team in the A- in the AFC besides New England that's better than Kansas City.
2: It's not the Chargers
3: because their defense is hurt and their offense is lacking Melvin Gordon. Yeah. too. Did I say it was going to be the Chargers? we will say Pittsburgh. It's Pittsburgh, isn't it?
1: Jacksonville. Oh yeah. my God. I'm high on Jacksonville. Nick Foles.
3: You're high on Jacksonville. Leonard Fournette. They were very they were defense. in the defense. They were in the AFC championship
4: game two years ago with Blake Bortles as their quarterback. But that was yeah. a first
3: year defense. You gotta remember the same thing happened with the Giants. Two thousand sixteen defense, first year of assembly, balled out. Next year through that same defense, everybody figured them out because they had tape.
1: Yeah. But Kansas City's defense does not
4: stack up against Jacksonville yeah. and You look at it by, like, breaking down, like, who has the better defensive line? Jacksonville. Right. Jacksonville. Safeties. All right, maybe you can go with the Chiefs there with Tyron Matthew, but linebackers. Jacksonville. I still think they're the Uh, the better. That defensive front is pretty good for the Chiefs. Chris Jones is fantastic. Frank Clark is fantastic. The thing was, last year,
1: Chicago was, like, the wild card team, dark horse team. Everybody was picking for the Super Bowl. This year, it really could be Jacksonville. If something happens with New England, Kansas City's going to be that favorite. But Jacksonville is that underdog team that's probably going to sneak in in my opinion, but they're gonna fly under the radar and mm-hmm. their defense is going to be really good. Go and right if they team. get hot at the right time, they have a legitimate shot.
4: And they have a consistent quarterback in Nick Falls. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I Which just is what they've been missing for the past couple of seasons. And Fournette caught weight. Yeah, he He's changed his whole demeanor. Did you hear what he did like in the offseason? Like he just Stayed off social media and everything for like a couple of like weeks. It was and months. the
1: smartest thing the man could have ever yeah, done. Yeah,
4: cut weight and like did like a right rocky uh, training type of uh, regimen, and it's I'm excited to see what he can do now.
1: Back to Kansas City for a minute. Tyreek Hill signs an extension. He is now the second highest paid receiver in the NFL behind Odell. Uh, good for him and Kansas City. This is a guy they needed to lock
4: down. Expected to expected him to with be the Super,
1: with the Super Bowl potential this year. You want to keep this team going for a while with him, Kelsey. Damien, Shady, and Pat. Mm-hmm. I. Mean, it's great to see. Yeah. Um, Locked down their true number one receiver, so yeah. that's good for them. I just, you know, that's, that's great for Kansas City. Uh, Antonio Brown for Oakland threatens to hit Mike Mayock following a $40,000 fine. He was originally supposed to be suspended. Now he's expected to play week one against Denver after Brown apologized to the team in a meeting Friday morning. Uh, Thoughts? He's all
3: over the place. I I just want to say one thing, and I'm not defending Antonio Brown in what way, but let me ask you a question. Compare this to a forest fire, right? Forest fire has been burning for a month, whatever, a couple weeks, right? It finally goes out. Why would you then pour lighter fluid on it? That's what Mike Mayock did. Antonio Brown throughout the entire offseason, I get it, it's a principle. It's a a standpoint and demeanor. I get that. You know, you missed your practices. I get it. You didn't want the helmet grievance. You wanted to wear your own helmet. What does that have to do with our team? That has to do with the NFL, not us, right? Five days before the season, you pull some stunt like that? Why would you do that? Like, what did you think was going to happen? If I come to you with a notice, I'm going to find you for $40,000. What do you expect my reaction to be? Okay, here you go. Let's have a great season. I wouldn't
4: wouldn't post it on social media, though. I wouldn't, like, make it my Instagram story. I would handle it in a private matter, really, like, hey, like, why, like,
0: in more of a professional close, especially after what he's been doing
4: saying. for the past couple of weeks. Very true,
3: it, very true. It, like I,
4: I get we, I get your point, but I just think it's also with any other receiver, I feel like they would have probably done it more professionally, not yeah, blasting the, him on.
1: And the racial comment back to Mayock was not needed.
4: Yeah,
1: I'm be, uh, being serious. Yeah. No, the, I know. I, I assume you and, heard and, what and, he called and, them. It yeah, was, it, there's no place for that. Yeah. And it, quite frankly, again. Antonio Brown, there is a five-year span, most talented receiver in football. He still very well might be. He he should be off the team. He should be off the team.
0: See, you say that, but then when Gruden got his job, he trades Cleomac or he lets Cleomac walk, and then he's like, it's hard to find a good defensive guy. You let one of the best last season – go to the bears. Now you have Brown. Possibly one of the best wide receivers along with the a, a list of a few other ones. Yeah. You let him go. You you have to look at the inside and be like, "All right, I left one I let, I let one of the best defensive guys go. If I let Brown walk or do whatever, they're going nowhere." What I've also heard by talking to a coworker today is he suggested to me, watch Hard Knocks. Yes. It kind of explains almost everything that has been surrounding Brown this offseason. Well, most of the—actually,
3: he tries to avoid Brown completely, but I mean, uh, again, back to the standpoint, I, I get it. They've given a longer leash than probably any other person in the league would have ever gotten. You know, they got the money he wanted after he was already under contract. He won his helmet grievancy No matter how many times he tried to maneuver it, yeah. But again, at the end of the day, it's about getting wins. I understand you want to find your best player. Uh, there's no problem with that, because uh, of the demeanor standpoint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you, you can't. How are you supposed to win without your best guy? How are you supposed to win? You're not going to win. Well, that's a that's solid choice. That's what it's going to
0: come down to.
4: They traded Amari Cooper at the time was one of the better receivers. Yes. I don't think they would even consider trading or letting another receiver go again. Um yeah no the the I think it's probably Tom I think he plays I mean he's playing Monday I think he's going to be on the team. Yeah. Uh but I think now if it's one more incident where he has like a freak out or anything yeah. then it's like all right that you're out sense. of here. Yeah. So yeah. and plus
1: too, if you're the GM or the head coach you want to make sure that yeah that's a good point you brought up you already did this with Mac you do this again with A.B.
4: now you're next on the line as well. Yeah just yeah. Like give him a sh- just see how it works with Derek Carr maybe things change maybe he does have the good right. connection with them on the field and then It all goes away. You
1: cannot make a—yeah, you're right, and I I see that point of it, too. You cannot make a move until he gives you no other choice but Mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. So, over the next 12 minutes, let's run down the NFC, their their teams. We'll start out with the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson, back there at quarterback now, 30 years old. Chris Carson and Rashard Penny lead that backfield. Nick Ballor is the fullback. Uh, Nick Vannett and Will Disley, a couple of young tight ends. And they're wide receivers. They have Tyler Lockett and Malik Turner. Now, this is a team. T.K. Metcalf is there. They drafted him. And this is a team that made the playoffs last year, but they were unable to beat Dallas. They probably should have beaten Dallas. Mm -hmm. And this is a team that's looking for revenge. And I, I see a really good...
4: Seattle team coming out of this, especially after the Clowney yeah, acquisition. The Clowney one makes it uh, way more competitive and definitely compete for the Rams for that division title. Oh, yeah, And what they did last year with Russell Wilson literally not having a top threat receiver because Bolton was out for uh, a couple of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he only gets better, I feel like, Wilson, no matter who he throws it to. He's
1: still at 35 touchdowns. And yeah. Kyle, let's break down the defense here. They bring back Ziggy Ansah, Bobby Wagner, Michael Kendricks, KJ White, Brad McDougal, uh, Trey Flowers in the secondary, Shaquille, Shaquille, the, Griffin. Shaquille I think, Griffin. I think I think an underrated
4: corner that. And Tedrick Thompson as well. These are I think these are safety right now. Yeah. So we're very, not seeing very uh, talented defense. We're not seeing Legion of Boom there like
3: with Sherman no. and Chancellor and all of them. No. But it's damn close. Yeah. It's damn close. No, yeah. But that's that's a team underdog fantasy Championship game in my opinion. I don't believe yeah. the Rams are going to be able to repeat. In my personal opinion, but Seahawks. I'll take Russell Wilson any day of the week. San Francisco,
1: a team with a much-improved offensive line. Veteran Joe Staley still there. Lakin Thompson, former Giant Weston Richburg, starting at center. Mike Person, and second-year right tackle out of Notre Dame, Mike McGlinchey. A very solid offensive line. Their number one weapon is a tight end who could potentially be the best in football heading into the season in George Kittle a guy who's been flying in the second-to-third-round range of many fantasy drafts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the 49ers, they also, at running back, Matt Breida. Their receivers, Marquise Goodwin, Dante Pettis. Uh, it's Pettis is a young neat. guy.
4: It's, Goodwin's a speedy veteran, but you know maybe not your best number one option. And then, of course, the
1: quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, who missed a lot of last season, and now he, he's back,
4: and I think he's the X factor to that team. Yeah. He has a lot to prove this time around. I mean, he's been oh, yeah. injured, and there's been talks, too, that they wouldn't be upset with going to Nick Mullins if Garoppolo <laughs> yeah. struggles. Yeah, So that would be interesting to look well, at, Well, we too. saw what Nick Mullins did last year. Yeah, he, yeah. he was pretty solid. Not bad, not he bad. He put up numbers.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, defensively, the 49ers, they acquired D Ford. They have Sheldon Day, Arik Armstead, very good front core. And then you have a secondary that still features Richard Sherman in it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you could say it. You could say what you want. He's been a good player for a while. He drafted Nick Bosa, unbelievable. DeForest yeah. Buckner. the force, the force, Bu- that's the guy. That's because Nick
3: Bosa is going to be triple covered every single game, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. force Buckner is going to be the beneficiary, and
4: Kwan Alexander they got from the Buccaneers, Yep. solid middleman for them, tackle machine at Tampa Bay, and brings it over to San Francisco.
1: And uh, let's get to the Rams. The Rams. Jared Goff, who just got extended, of course, at back, Todd Gurley, backed up by Malcolm Brown. Their receivers are Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup coming back after a tough injury last season. And the depth is there with Josh Reynolds as a key backup for them. Tyler Higby, the starting tight end defensively, Aaron Donald, Dante Fowler, Michael Brockers, Clay Matthews was acquired, Corey Littleton, Bryce Hager, Marcus Peters, your man, Eric Weddle, mm-hmm. Aqib Tlaib, <laughs> I don't know, man. I know Seattle's good, but the Rams defensively, I mean, it's going to be neck and neck.
3: They'll be very close. I just... think that they're going to struggle a lot because I think that Todd Gurley's is, is not going to be the same guy. I think they're going to miss Nadomkin Sue's presence a lot because he also helped out Aaron Donald a lot because his coverage got taken away from Aaron Donald because they were focusing on Sue. Mm-hmm. The Arizona Cardinals
1: are the team in this division that's projected to finish last. However, they have a, a lot of good, extraordinary young talent that starts right on their center with Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. the starting quarterback for this team. Rookie, select n- number one overall in this year's draft, and it helps to have a top five to six back in this league in David Johnson. Yeah. And then they bolstered their receiving core late, They signed Michael Crabtree recently to tag team up with Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. Great stuff right there. And, of course, the offensive line, you got Justin Pugh in there, AQ Shipley, J.R. Sweezy, a couple good interior players. Defensively, on the line, you got Zach Allen, Corey Peters, Terrell Suggs, former Raven, Hassan Reddick, who was a great linebacker last year. We can't forget about former Patriot Chandler Jones, Jordan Hicks, D.J. Swearinger, Buddha Baker, who was a tackle machine last year. The NFC West is stacked.
4: I think the Cardinals will surprise a few people. I'm not. I'm not saying they're going to be like a playoff team, but I think they can be very competitive, and maybe in a couple years they will definitely be in the top of the division. I'd agree. The Buccaneers.
1: Jameis Winston still there as starting quarterback. This is probably his last straw chance at that. Peyton Barber, the starting running back at receiver. The Bucs have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Brashard Perriman, former Raven, yeah. and their tight end. Their starting tight ends, O. J. Howard and Cameron Brate. Of course, it leans on Winston for them, but O. J.
3: Howard is supposed to have a breakout year. Yeah, he's definitely going to step up. I think in, I think that Bruce Arians is going to be able to get this offense going and take advantage of the fact of all the weapons that they have. Mm-hmm.
1: Defensively, Dama King Sue, who we just brought up. Mm-hmm. They acquired Carl Nassib from the Browns, who was pretty solid for them. Devin White, who, quite mm-hmm. frankly, he, he's projected to be one of the steals of this year's draft. Deion Cannon from the
4: Cardinals. Mm-hmm.
1: Solid team. Playoff bound?
4: Probably not, mm. but... It's Jameis' last shot, like yeah. you said, to show that he can be a starting quarterback in this league.
1: The Saints. Of course, Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray are the backs. Jared Cook and Josh Hill are the tight ends. Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith, Ted Ginn Jr. Defensively, they have Cameron Jordan. Sheldon Rankins, Malcolm Brown, AJ Klein, Kiko Alonso, and Demario Davis are their linebackers. In the secondary, former giant Eli Apple, Marshawn Lattimore. This is a great team all around with Super Bowl potential written all over them.
4: Mm-hmm. I like the Kiko
1: Alonso trade. I think very underrated. Was, yeah. And not to mention Sean Payton. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Veteran head coach. The Panthers. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Carolina team with Cam Newton their backs are Christian McCaffrey and Alex Arma and Greg Olson at tight end receiver though Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore that could be the best under under 24 receiver duo Damn, yeah. in the NFL like they're yeah. extremely young I like that they're extremely talented and they brought back Daryl Williams somehow some way they got it done. Good offense. And then they got Matt Paradis from Denver. Defensively, Gerald McCoy, Kawan Short, Luke Cookley, Eric Reed, Trey Boston, Bruce Irvin, Shaq Thompson. So it's always been a solid defense. Yeah, very yeah.
4: solid front seven, especially. That defensive line has a lot of depth. Yeah. A lot of depth. They have a lot of depth.
1: The Atlanta Falcons. Dan Quinn, the head coach, he's been there for a few years now as well. Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, Calvin Ridley, their wide receivers, with the tight end Austin Hooper, Matt Ryan on their center, Devontae Freeman and Ido Smith are the backs. A solid offensive line. They drafted Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry this year as rookies to really fill in the void on that right side of the the line that they were kind of missing last year. Defensively is where the questions are. Uh, They have... Grady Jarrett and Vic Beasley and Dion Jones.
4: Keanu Neal's a solid safety, too. Keanu Neal
1: and Desmond Trufa, but there are a lot of holes there. Mm-hmm. A lot of young question marks surrounding this Falcons defense where a lot of people are saying wild card for this team, but that could even be a stretch, considering yeah. their, the division they're in. They All have like divisions are stacked. They have
4: like one. one solid starter, and then like the other starters are like, okay. like yeah. They just have one star at each spot. Whereas the other defenses like have more than one in each position group.
1: We'll head to the north now. The Minnesota Vikings, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, and rookie Olabisi Johnson with the tight end Kyle Rudolph, who's been there, seems like, forever now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Kirk Cousins on their center is second year there with Dalvin Cook. Solid offensive line, Garrett Bradbury, the rookie center that they have to anchor. They also brought in Josh Klein from Tennessee to play right guard and Riley Reef, the left tackle from the Lions. Defensively, this is where it's great. Always a good defense for the Vikings. Danielle Hunter, Linval Joseph, Everson Griffin, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, Trey Waynes, Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris, Xavier Rhodes. Those are all pro bowlers. All pro bowlers. It's
4: just a question with Kirk Cousins.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do we think Kirk Cousins is what's keeping Minnesota from – taking the step they did two years ago to the NFC Championship game.
3: Yes, but I believe that this season he'll take a step up. Now he has a level of comfortability with this offense, with this team in general, because like you said, Tom, this defense has been together a long time. The offense has been together pretty much a long time. They have. Besides the offensive line, but yeah. they've been together a long time. Now Kirk Cousins hopefully will finally gel with this team. Now in his second year as a Viking.
1: The 1-0 Green Bay Packers.
3: Aaron Rodgers.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Jimmy Graham at tight end, Aaron Jones in the backfield with Jamal Williams backing him up. Also brought in veteran Mercedes Lewis. Their receivers, Devontae Adams, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, Jay Kummerow, Geronimo Allison. Offensive line has a couple of questions around Corey Lindsley and Brian Malaga. Defensively, they looked really good last night. I mean, they held the Bears to three points. Uh, that Darnell Savage kid and Adrian Amos, very Amos. good. Yeah, he? with the game-winning pick off mm-hmm. And
4: I like Darius Smith, former Raven, did very well for the Packers too.
3: Preston Smith as well. Mm-hmm. Those all three of those guys, very very good defense. The, I'd say. Tremon Williams comment
1: at the end of the game was, that was funny. That was pretty uh, funny. Uh, fun fact, by the way, he's the oldest active defensive
4: back in the NFL. That's right. He's been with the 36. Packers for a, a while now, forever. Or did yeah. I think he left and then? I think came he was back. with the Browns at one point. Yeah, then he kept. F- wow. The quote,
1: we knew if we could make Trubisky play quarterback, that we'll have a chance.
3: (laughs) He's he's, he's not wrong. He's not not wrong. wrong. I mean, I know it sounds harsh, but he's really not wrong. That was kind of what unfolded last night, as we saw.
1: Green Bay Packers also acquired B.J. Goodson from the New York Giants. We'll talk about that later in the Giants segment because that was mind boggling. Lions. Projected to finish last in the NFC North. I don't see this team going anywhere. They have top five draft pick
4: written all over them. Yeah, I agree with you on that.
1: Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola are their receivers. Pretty solid threesome. Then you have Jesse James, the tight end, and rookie TJ Hawkinson with the tight ends. Pretty solid tight end. I mean, the the offense is not the problem. It's the defense. They're going to be playing from behind a lot this year, and they're going to be throwing the ball a lot with Matthew Stafford under center on Johnson is there, very starting running back. back. Very good player. The defense is really young and inexperienced. Romeo Acquara. You have Snacks Harrison, who's a veteran. And Devon Kennard. Uh, the secondary is very young. Who's the guy that was signed from the Patriots? Trey Flowers. Trey, Trey Flowers. Flowers. Yeah, they Trey got Flowers, him too. Yeah. That's a really good idea. The line is good, but the
3: secondary is the problem.
4: Yeah, and no, the, the linebackers line is... too. Are, the linebackers are not good.
3: Yeah, it's just Darius Slay out there in the secondary. Jared and it's about Davis ahead.
4: is the middle line. That's the only one that I know that like yeah. is, good, is good for them, but they have a lot of questions outside of just the, the defensive line.
3: The Bears,
1: Mitch Trubisky, running back, Tariq Cohen. David Montgomery, Mike Davis, Trey Burton. Receivers are Allen Robinson, Taylor, Gabriel, and Anthony Miller, who you took two minutes to draft Sunday night.
4: <laughs> I was he wasn't sure. He had a double check. I wasn't I'm sure. I'm with you on
1: that. <laughs> I
3: didn't know whether to draft Michael, Gallup or, wow, to draft Michael Gallup, Gallup or Anthony Miller. Everybody was complaining, Why? I didn't know whether to draft Michael Gallup or Anthony Miller, and I made oh, a mistake. Gallup. It should have been Gallup.
1: It should have been Gallup. Well, He's the number two for the Cowboys. You took too long this on that draft. This is your third strike with the Cowboys on this show. Yeah. You know what? Your
0: mic's cut off for the rest of the night. I'm no, I gotta sure talk my, picked, giants. I picked picked my Giants. I gotta talk my Cowboys to win
1: this weekend. But quick, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Khalil Mack, Danny Trevathan, Leonard Floyd, Eddie Jackson, Roquan Smith. Great
4: defense. Still Prince Mukamara. Still a good defense. It's just Trubisky. You know that it's, was just. It's the really same thing with the Vikings. The offense is the there.
3: Defense mm-hmm. is there. Quarterback isn't there.
4: I was high at Trubisky heading into the season. Season, but after seeing that, I'm like, oh, geez. I have to take. <laughs> I have to stand back after that one. I don't know if I can. Let's keep with that. Redskins. Again, I think
1: another team. Top five draft pick written all over them. Just play Dwayne Haskins. Case Keenum. Just just played him. Darius Geis. Adrian Peterson. O-line is terrible, besides Scherf. Jerome Williams.
4: Well, he's not. not, I don't think he's going to be there. Tron Williams? He's like he didn't report, I believe. Like oh, he's holding like out still. Uh, Eric Flowers is their
1: starting left guard. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Look, the starting receivers are rookie Terry McLaurin, Giants Trey some Quinn in there. and Paul Richardson, which is not good. Did they let
4: go of Josh Dobbs. They sorry? did.
1: Defensively, yeah. John Bostic and Ryan Kerrigan and Landon Collins and Josh Norman are the only four players of note there. Just play Dwayne Haskins. I'll say it again. Just play him. Yeah, play Haskins. There's no harm. You're Eagles, gonna lose anyway. Fly Eagles, fly. Carson Wentz is back. Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, and Deshaun Jackson. Pardon me. At running back, they have the rookie that they got, Miles Sanders. Saquon's backup. Saquon's backup from Penn State. Jordan Howard. Defensively, they're good. Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson are back. Brandon Graham. Malcolm Jenkins, Ronald Tarby, Rodney McLeod.
3: Again, that's just... Back what we were just saying, it's a quarterback question. I mean, you saw what Wentz was like, but after that injury, you know.
4: Yeah, hasn't been the same. But it's I, solid. I yeah. I'd still would trust Wentz over Tricks the other two guys yeah, yeah, yeah. now. If we were ranking those three, it would yeah. probably be Wentz at the top. Dallas,
1: Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, who they drafted. O-line is rock solid. Receivers, Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb, and Michael Gallup. whoop de do. That defense yeah, filthy good. though. Still got Sean Lee and Leighton Vanderish. Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith, Malik Collins. Demarcus Lawrence. Jeff Heath is still there. Xavier Woods. And lastly, the New York Football Giants. Yes. Eli Manning, Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Benny Fowler, Cody Latimer, with Golden Tate coming back in week five. Offensively the acquisitions of Kevin Zeitler and Mike Remmers to lock up the right side of that line. Offensively, two first-round picks will be starting in Week 1 in Dexter Lawrence and DeAndre Baker, along with offseason acquisitions of Jabril Peppers and Antoine Buffet. So, we talked about the NFC. Um, let's talk about the Giants here now. Their 53-man roster cuts were on Saturday. A lot of men were cut. 37 souls thought this could be goodbye for the last time. Ten of them were redeemed to the practice squad. Let's see how these cuts went down. Now, Fonz, I, I know I wrote an article for you a few weeks ago about yeah. the Giants' pr- predictions. Yeah. 46 of 53 were correct.
4: That's pretty good. That's pretty good.
3: Impressive. Impressive.
1: Could have done better. Yeah, I well, you know. <laughs>
3: They had some surprising cuts in there.
1: The biggest question mark for me was mm. Kyle Lalletta not making this final roster over
4: Alex Tanny.
3: Yeah. You main. had
4: you had Loletta making it, right? I believe
1: I mm. had Tanny
4: making oh, it, so which
1: you... ended up to be correct. But that was before before he yeah, had that great
4: last preseason game. And
1: James, yes, we we, we were watching this game. Yes, we were. And Lalletta throwing the touchdown to Alonzo Russell and we thought both of these guys are locks Zoe makes it later in the day gets waived and then Laletta doesn't even make it
3: yeah I think Lolletta on Mind the Eagles now. He, he is claimed, on the Eagles claimed
1: off waivers by the Philadelphia Eagles oh. Alonzo Russell and Kyle Laletta not being kept I know Russell made the initial 53 man, but then he was mm-hmm. dropped later on he, he's not eligible for the practice squad because they did it anymore three years. yeah they yeah. did it for three years Other notable Giants also waived. Brian Mihalik, uh, Beal, Simonson, Big George, and Rod Smith placed on IR. And Nate Stupar was released today in a corresponding move as they signed former Gettleman favorite in Carolina, Dave Mayo, to replace Stupar in terms of special teams. Uh, He played all 16 games last season as a core special teamer for the Panthers. Uh, I believe he played for a different team last year, actually, in between. The, I think it was San the Francisco. 49ers. Yeah. Yes. But before that, he was a key guy for the Panthers. Of course, the B.J. Goodson trade. He made the initial 53-man but then dealt to the Packers in exchange. Well, they swapped seventh-round picks.
3: Made no sense. Again, didn't didn't make any sense. Why not just waive him? You needed to give up a better seventh-round pick <laughs> and a player for a worse seventh-round pick. Makes sense. Brian Mihalik was
1: a player that made the initial 53-man roster over Chad Wheeler, who was caught as well. He was waived and injured. Uh, Chad Wheeler was a guy who started a lot last season as he replaced Eric Flowers, and he kind of fell off the map this preseason, guys. What happened there?
3: Mike Remmer stepped in, and it was really Mike Remmer's job to lose, You know, banking on the fact of his injury history. But he was always going to be the starting right tackle. I don't think it was ever a competition as soon as he signed with the team, personally.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes, because the reason why people liked Wheeler was because he was better than Flowers. He was edible. We're not saying he was good because he really wasn't. He Comparing was okay. Eric
4: Flowers though, that's, that's, that's what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying that's why. Right. Yeah. See,
1: Remmers is actually good. Good, yeah. Zeitler is actually good.
0: Yeah. Last I mean, year Remmers is one of the best right-handers in the
1: year, league. The right side of the line was not good. No. no. Um, But, yeah, anyway, so the practice squad. Let's talk about this. Other cuts that were made, Jay Carlock was cut, an LIU guy who played here on this campus, Evan Brown, Conrad, Jonathan Hilleman out of Rutgers, James O'Hagan out of Buffalo, Paul Adams, left tackle for Drew Locke in Missouri, uh, Chris Slayton, the sixth-round pick out of Syracuse, Josiah Toffea, Reggie White Jr., a lot of these guys had shots to make the final 53-man roster, but the Giants decided to go a little older this year in terms of who they kept. I think Signardi actually played a big factor this mm-hmm. time around for the most part. But the practice squad features Jake Carlock, LIU guy, local. Love it, James. Love it. Oh, I love it 100%. Actually,
0: quick fun fact about that. Well, I find it fun. One of my bocce players was right
1: next door to him. That is correct. You told me that. And, you know, fun fact, I got to interview him a couple times while he was here at post. Um, Evan Brown out of SMU retained for the practice squad. That's a good move because he can play center or guard on the interior. C.J. Conrad out of Kentucky. Technically, the Giants now have six tight ends on their roster. Mm -hmm. Mm. Dickerson is hurt. Simonson is hurt. You got Conrad, Ingram, Ellison, and Eric Tomlinson, who they – Picked up for some odd reason. Russell's <laughs> just sitting there. <laughs>
2: I
3: just don't. I, I don't understand. Um,
1: some moves sometimes, but freedom, a kindleum, was kept as well on the practice
4: squad. Corn uh, Elder, former Miami University corner. Yes, Panther. Yeah, Panther. Sport. former Panther Brown pick, uh-huh. Jonathan
1: Hillman, out of Rutgers, and James David Sills the fifth. This is a West Virginia player, and he played with Will Greer. The, guys, this is actually a fun fact about David Sills. He started his college career at West Virginia, transferred, and then came back to West Virginia to play with Will Greer. What are your thoughts on David Sills fifth out of West Virginia? Congratulations to him. I mean, to come back and play with
0: Will Greer, okay. Um, I mean— Wilger's is a great guy to play with, but to come back just to play with one guy, I wouldn't do
1: that. All right, so he's not a big David Sills the fifth fan. Okay, moving on. Chris <laughs> Slayton, <laughs> the, the sixth round pick was retained on the practice squad. Josiah Toffea and Reggie White Jr. Kyle loves that last. I round. loved Reggie
3: White Jr. I thought that the reason why they kept Alonzo Alonzo uh, Russell, yeah, Alonzo Russell, was because they didn't feel like Reggie was up there, but then to wave. Alonzo out of the blue, and then to not bring Reggie up, that didn't make sense to me personally, but I'm happy that he did make the practice squad, because if anything happens, especially due to the lack of receivers on this team in depth, that they have him potentially come out of the practice squad.
1: Now, the Giants play the Cowboys this weekend. The 53 man is set, uh, and Mike Remmers is questionable, but he is expected to play. That yeah. just in. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott will play for Dallas. Now, let's analyze this game and pick it here quickly. Um, I have the upset. I'm going with the Giants. I think it's going to be a higher scoring game than what people are saying. I think the Giants are going to surprise some people. I think they're going to win this game by a final score of we're going to say 27 to 20 Giants.
0: That's usually where these games end up. Also, no problem, like the right. Giants
1: have a lot of success playing in Dallas since the new stadium, with the exception of last year.
0: Yeah.
3: I'm going to say this, and it might sound like an extreme number, but realistically, what this defense showed me in the preseason, it can very well be possible. Due to the lack of, like we talk about, seniority, age, you know, all these guys are rookies. I mean, they could really get demolished, especially going up against one of the best offenses in the league. Uh, I think we could easily see a, a 30, 35 to 14 game right now. So I'll go with 35. Thirty-five, fourteen, strike Dallas. four. <laughs> I already struck Fonds. out on strike three. Uh,
4: I think the big factor for Dallas is definitely with Zeke Elliott. Can he come back and play after not really doing anything? I mean, he trained in Cabo when he was there, but he didn't do anything with the yeah, team. Training in Cabo, yeah, right. Tra- training, quote unquote. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not on high in the Giants as you guys are. I think the Cowboys are going to win this game. Uh, I believe I'm going to go out on a limb. I don't think they're going to score that much. Eli Manning is going to show his struggles right out of the gate. It's going to be 28-10 to 10 Dallas Cowboys.
1: Boom. I'll explain why I went Giants in just a minute. James?
0: Well, I'm going Giants, as many viewers should know. I would never pick the Cowboys. Um, I'm going to go with 21-17. It's going to be a close last two minutes of the fourth quarter.
1: So the reason why I picked the Giants, I think Dallas has too much drama going on right now, and this is the first time in a while. Like Pat Shermer has clean Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman have cleaned up a lot of off the field issues. All these guys want to be there and they want to play for this team. And quite frankly, I don't know. I mean, I think Eli is going to have a better season than Dak. I really do. The offensive line is improved, and Saquon Barkley, I think he's going to control the tempo of this game if the Giants can get off the field on third down, which they might, because if they stop Zeke despite how young the secondary is, the goal is to make Dak beat you, and I think Peppers I don't know I I think he's going to play really well we saw signs of it in the preseason the reason why the defense struggled I think was because it's a lot of new guys you're pairing together and in preparation for Dallas, a lot of new offensive guys that are playing together for them. That's just, that, that's just my take on this game. Get off the field on third down and do a little old-fashioned playing, and I think they'll control the tempo of this game. But that could be completely wrong, because I could see Dallas doing that as well. Dallas can do the exact same thing. Two old-fashioned teams, run the football, play action pass. Mm-hmm. That's my take. But let's get to the Jets. This is a team. The second guy they picked in the draft was a third-round pick, and he did not make their final roster. crazy to think about.
3: Off-the-field issues. Yeah. You've
4: never see a third-round You know. You guy. know who I'm
3: talking about, right? jacon Polite. Yeah, man. You never see a third-round I wouldn't guy. have given up on him. He's
1: on the Seahawks practice
3: squad. Add to that defense, to baby. To be fair,
1: the GM was fired right after the draft, so that <laughs> could— that, the bad draft could be the reason why he's not on the roster. No, he didn't.
3: He had off the field issues. He had a lot. That that was the reason why. they Right, him. but and that's also part of the reason why the GM got fired, though. We didn't get fired till like two months after the draft. Right, but
1: you can't just fire a guy overnight. I feel
3: like
4: you can't give up on a third round rookie that you know. Yeah, even if it isn't your guy, they I did. would I would I would wait. I mean, a year and then, or even during the season, if he's like, all right, this is he's still giving us a problem, then see ya.
1: The problem with the Jets was their second best pick in this draft was Blake Cashman. But behind Quinnen, it was a terrible draft. The yeah, well, it wasn't.
4: The, they it really it. it I they it were going to get a re- I thought they were going to get a receiver or an offensive lineman or an offensive lineman, but they didn't. They didn't get either of those picks at <laughs> yeah. all. No, they
1: got that uh, Ryan Khalil coming out for of retirement. Yeah. But other than that,
4: it's like just as the season they they, <laughs>
1: they stacked up on good role playing receivers in Josh Bellamy, Jamison Crowder. You know, they got some guys. Quincy Nwawonwu, Robbie Anderson. Anderson. Chris Herndon, but Darnold has some more weapons in year two. Oh, yeah. Along with Le'Veon Bell, and I think the defense, it's a shame Avery Williamson tore his ACL and he'll miss the whole season, but C.J. Mosley is now there. Mm -hmm. Jamal Adams is a year older. Their defensive line has a lot of depth, where Quinnen and Nate Shepard will actually be the backups to the boys up front, and Henry Anderson, Steve McClendon, and Leonard Williams. That's a very... Deep.
4: It's a very good line. Defensive yeah. line,
1: and their secondary is good, too. Tremaine Johnson, you hope, has a better season this year. They have a lot of guys back there that can make plays.
4: And the real question now is Sam Darnold in year two. I think he's going to improve a lot in the second year. He, he showed flashes last year and now that he has more weapons, yeah. more re- different receivers. DeGran, they're not star receivers like, like some of the other young quarterbacks, but I think he'll definitely improve a lot. And it helps when you have Le'Veon Bell despite sitting out last year yeah. in the backfield.
3: I think that, personally, I think Sam Donalds is probably going to be one of the least of the worries for this team. I, I think more of the fact is going to be the second there. Yes, they have a good front seven, you know, between safeties linebackers on the defensive front, but their cornerbacks are, are really, 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 really bad We're to the point where they play some teams. If you look at their first six games of the season, the Jets have a potential to go 0-6 for the first six games of the season. you got to play the Patriots twice. you got to play Philadelphia at Philly. you got to play Dallas. you got to play Cleveland. And Buffalo week one that's your first six weeks and you have a bye week week four yeah so even if you get hurt down the stretch you know it's basically over you get no break in between and a really 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 tough schedule really I,
1: really tough I would agree Kyle um now the real question is I don't think the Jets are a playoff team do you guys think they have any potential to get in
3: not with these first six games. I, I, think, I they, think
4: they have a shot at the wild card, if anything. Like like being on like the outside maybe at eight and eight, like yeah. some luck has to play into it. We're like, oh, maybe we could get a wild card spot with a tiebreaker, but Yeah. If I you look
3: think, at if you look at the second half of the season, it gets really, really yeah. easy. Yeah. They one of the easiest schedules second half of the season, but that, that first six that could kill you. Yeah. I could kill they
4: them. do have a shot though. They're competing with the Bills for that second yeah. spot in that division, obviously, with the New England Patriots always at number one.
1: I don't think they got a shot with how stacked the NFC North, uh, AFC North is.
4: Well, yeah, I'm yeah. saying they are, and be- the Chargers and the Chiefs,
1: one of those teams, whoever doesn't win that division, will eat up one of the wild card spots. Yeah,
4: and then you and probably- then the other
1: is going to go to the North, yeah. or and you got the, the South.
4: And then you got the AFC South too, which three exactly. you can make an argument that three of the four teams could make the playoffs. Jets and Bills don't have a chance unless no. something crazy happens.
1: Uh, The Jets made some moves. C.J. Mosley, his younger brother, Jamie, made the practice squad great for him. The Jets also hired Hines Ward, former Steeler receiver, as a wide receiver assistant.
4: Pretty cool to see a former legend um, getting in the coaching reins now. I think this is his first. uh, I mean, as a Ravens fan, I hated playing against him. But, you know, it's good to see that he's in the – yeah, this is his first coaching job. Yeah. So it's it's nice to see that. And he can definitely teach young guys, like – you know, Nunoa, well, Robbie Anderson had to you know be consistent receivers in the league.
0: Yeah. So. Especially Robbie
1: catching the ball,
0: not letting drop
1: all the time. Yeah. The biggest
4: mistake the Jets made
1: this off season was not retaining Jason Myers, their kicker, and Andre Roberts, who was their other Pro Bowler. Oh, exactly. I didn't get why to... they let go of both of them. They, they just signed the dude off the street because their kicker in preseason just retired.
3: <laughs> Chandler Catanzaro. Oh.
4: And the kicker they just got, he was a Ravens kicker, traded to the Vikings. Couldn't make it on the Vikings. He <laughs> kept on missing. Yeah. Kick. He was good for the Ravens, like, because obviously he wasn't going to make it as Justin Tucker, but, you know, got traded for a fifth-round pick. Struggled, and then, of course, didn't make it. Oh, league. he struggled, all right. <laughs> they want him to be a, the punter and kicker, like to take up both spots. Oh, nice. So, But they, obviously they didn't work. The, are the Jets doing that? Maybe. I don't We'll know. see. <laughs> um, so Fonz thinks they have a
1: shot. Me, Kyle, and James don't think they have a shot at the playoffs. A lot has to happen, I but I think
0: they'll end up second in the division. Like Fons is saying, there's going to be a, there's going to be things that need to go their way. Right. Yeah, a lot, lot of the competition
3: way, within the AFC.
1: Yeah. Let's pick this Jets game. They play the Bills this weekend at home. They are three point favorites. Fons, we will start with you.
4: I'm going to go with the Jets here. I think the Jets are going to win this one.
2: Score.
4: Ooh, score! That's right, score. Hmm. Let's go 21 17.
3: Okay. Kyle? Let's go with that. I was just going was, I was to call twenty I'm going to go with Buffalo, though. I just like that defense better, personally. James?
0: I'm going to go with Jets. 28 um, 17.
1: All right. Jets 13 10.
2: Hmm.
1: I like it. Neither team has a good offense, they're not going to score points. All right, so we have a new segment. It's called Quick Picks. I know we're rushing things tonight because we had to preview the conference, which takes a while, but we are here. The last ten minutes of the show, let's talk some Quick Picks. Fons, you have that up for us, correct?
4: I have the sheet right here. I am good to go. You want me to start it off? So
1: quick here before we start that, basically how this works, the four of us on the show, we are picking every game of the NFL season. We will have a standings column, who is leading throughout the season, who is the winner, of each week and um, we also have a lock and an upset so a game that we pick correctly is worth one point the lock that we pick correctly if that is two if we pick the upset correctly that is three of course I know last night Kyle Russo you had the Packers the rest of us had the Bears so you are currently in first with one Points, right? I'm going to enjoy
3: it well less. Congratulations.
1: <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> exactly. So, here, uh, Fonz, why don't you read off everyone's
4: lock okay. and then upset? All right. So, Tom's lock is the Seahawks. Kyle's lock is the Browns. Mine, of course, is the Baltimore Ravens. Had to. And James's lock is the Rams. So, those are the four locks there. The upsets. Tom with the Giants. Kyle with the Buffalo Bills. Myself with the Arizona Cardinals. And James with the Oakland Raiders like james's
3: yeah that's some good stuff right there
1: i like it james picked oaklands and kyle picked buffalo Fons, you picked arizona yep i picked the giants so the bills and the jets giants and the cowboys we already took care of yes the titans and the browns i believe we had a clean sweep for cleveland on this one correct
4: All all four of us picked the cleveland browns to win that one
1: Baltimore, and the Browns are five-and-a-half-point favorites for the record. Baltimore is at Miami. We are going to see Ryan Fitzpatrick starting in South Beach against Lamar Jackson. And the Ravens are your lock. Yes. Did anyone pick Miami by any chance? No, no shot. No I'm so it.
4: excited! What a way to start the season as a Ravens fan. I'm enjoying it. Then a big win. Lamar Jackson's gonna have a field day. Miami. And Miami
1: is a potential for the number one overall pick in this year's draft.
4: Tank it for Tua.
1: Falcons at the Vikings. The Vikings are four point favorites. What do we
4: got there? Uh, let's see. I'm the uh, well. Tom, Kyle, and James have the Vikings, and I actually went with the Falcons in this one. So you have the upset. Uh, Atlanta. Well, uh, for that one, yes, that's my since upset. Since they're yeah. on the row. If yeah. it was at home, it would be the other way yeah, around. Yeah, I'm just still questioning Kirk Cousins. I mean, been in, especially with that defense in Atlanta, I mean, it's kind of a, a toss-up for me, but I would rather take that Atlanta offense over the Vikings offense right now.
1: So the Skins are at the Eagles. They're 10-point dogs in this game. What do we got? We got a clean sweep for I think Philly? We,
4: we all have a clean uh, sweep for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh,
1: Philly has Super Bowl potential again this year if things fall in correctly for them. Rams at Panthers. I think this is where it gets
4: interesting. Uh, yes. Uh, let's see. Who had the, someone had the Panthers. I think Tom had the Panthers, and the rest of us had the Rams here. Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers are home, mm-hmm. so look out.
1: Rams are only two-point favorites, so that's an easy underdog to pick if you're looking yeah. to squeeze something out. The Chiefs at the Jaguars. We all have a cl- uh, clean
4: sweep on the Chiefs here. Although, don't be surprised if Jacksonville no, yeah. pulls some Nick Foles uh, magic. It'll on be definitely it'll be a close game. I feel like a lot closer than you can imagine.
1: Although I picked the Chiefs, don't get me wrong, I'm rooting for Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm Jacksonville just... is one of my favorite teams in the league. I mean, I, you know, my uncle, I have family in Jacksonville, so yeah. Nick Foles, Leonard Fournette, They're a good team. Marquise, Dede
4: Westbrook, a better team than a lot of
1: people give credit for. I think. Jacksonville's a nice town, too. Mm-hmm. Jacks, uh, excuse me, <laughs> I'm still on yeah. Jacksonville. The Colts, the Andrew Luckless Colts at the L.A. Chargers, Jacoby Brissett, is he primed to break out, or will the Chargers hold on to their 6.5 point well, edge? Well,
4: all of game. you guys had the Chargers. I'm the only one that had the Colts. I think Jacoby Brissett is a better quarterback than people give him credit for, and I think he's in a go. And I think the Chargers have a lot of questions. You said with the, the defense being a little questionable. and Melvin Gordon, he obviously is not going to be there, for, who knows for how long. If at all. If at all, pr- pretty much. But I'm really excited to see what Jacoby said can do now. New extension with the offense. He's been there before, and I'm excited to see what he can do there. Bengals
1: at the Seahawks. Seattle is a 9.5-point favorite.
4: We all have the Seahawks there. I think that's kind of... And the Seahawks are my lock. Yeah. Lions
1: at the Cardinals. The Lions on the road are actually... Two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game.
4: Well, it a, it's a split here. Obviously, I had the Cardinals winning here. And, Tom, you also have the Cardinals, so Kyle and James has the Lions here. I just don't like Detroit
1: on the road. I think the only chance that they have is if Murray is a turnover machine in his first NFL start, and I yeah. don't. I, maybe a turnover, may, maybe one. I see Arizona controlling the tempo in this yeah, game. I agree with you on that one. And Detroit on the road historically struggles. Mm-hmm. San
4: Francisco at Tampa Bay. The Bucks are a one-point favorite. Believe it or not. I think you guys all had the Buccaneers. I'm the only one that had the 49ers winning this one. I still would trust them over the Buccaneers. I think Jameis, he needs his. This is his last shot, and I just think he's already going to come out of the gate struggling. I think the Niners have a more have a better team. It it could be a close one, but it's one of those games where it's like two of the worst in the league. Like that's something not that a people are going to watch.
2: <laughs>
1: The Sunday night game, Pittsburgh at New England in Foxborough, the defending Super Bowl champions. They are five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Steelers.
4: Yeah, I think we, we all have the Patriots here. Clean so. sweep. Yep, clean sweep here.
1: I think Belichick, he, another season of football, looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Brady's back. They're healthy. They're good to go. Sony Michelle and James White, that tandem is strong. Yeah, that doing very is great. good,
4: complete team.
1: They set the tone, mm-hmm. even without Gronk. I mean, they got Ben Watson back, who was their starting tight end he's like suspended. 12 yeah, years ago. He's going to so miss the. He is suspended. He's suspended, yeah, suspended that's right. But they have Matt
4: Lacoste, <laughs> Demarius former
1: giant on the practice squad,
4: <laughs> Demaris Thomas. They have a good and Josh they back. They signed him back. Yeah.
1: Texans at the Saints on Monday Night Football in New Orleans. The Saints, a potential Super Bowl contender this season, they are seven point favorites against the Lo- Lamar
4: miller lists Texans. <laughs> We're all locked in here with the Saints winning clean sweep again. Oh, man.
3: I would go back on that,
4: actually. Oh, man. <laughs> I might go back on that. The, I get it's too late, bud. Yeah, it's second, too late. You can't change the picks now. The
1: second, yes, picks lock Thursday at 5 p.m. before the Thursday night game, guys. The last game, the second Monday night game, of course, week one of the season. There's always two Monday night
4: games. It's going to be denver at Oakland, Denver is a one-point favorite. Uh, we're gonna. We all have Denver here winning. I think Oakland has a. Grant, I think Will Ab is gonna play. I think it'll be fine. But I think it's gonna. That distraction kind of hurts them right now. I think Denver is more of a better team right now. It could be a close one. Can
1: I get James and Kyle's locks one more time?
4: Kyle, James and Kyle's locks. All right, James. James's lock is the Rams, and Kyle's lock is Browns. the Browns. You need any other ones a too? Baker's dozen. Nope. I got the rest. <laughs> My so, lock is the Ravens. Gotta keep saying it.
1: We're gonna do this quick pick segment a little more in full next week. I know technically week one, it has begun, but it hasn't, you know, mm-hmm. the one game's out of the way next week. We're gonna spend a lot more time on the segment. But guys, it is great to have all of you back here, and we will be back next week on the thirteenth, Friday night, eight to ten PM to review our picks from week one. We're also going to flirt with some punishment options for oh, the loser of the week. Of the week,
3: and
4: stay tuned for who has to wear whatever. Yeah, even to you, Kyle. <laughs>
3: I know me. I'm already one and zero, baby. <laughs> Ooh.
4: I get out of that. I got work.
3: <laughs> oh come
4: on. That's right. Yeah. You know unless you gotta, I, you gotta unless wear your wear punishment it at work. To work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can carry it over if you're not here. We have it still. We have it. I have it uh, on file.
1: That's All right, cool. guys. On behalf of James Montefusco, Fonz DeFalco, and Kyle Russo, we thank you all for listening to our show tonight here on liuwave.org. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. You've been listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Good night, everyone.